Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody tuned in today. The Cardinals are back in action tonight against the Tampa Bay Rays. Miles Michaelis. No, they didn't. They didn't win either, but they didn't lose. That's good. Yeah, true. Uh, Miles Michaelis goes tonight versus Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin has been darn near unhittable. Uh, Nope. Different guy. I think you're thinking of uh, Zach Efron. Oh, different spelling. It's his cousin. Both for the first name and the last name. So nah, not related whatsoever. <laughs> but good to see you, Jamie. Good to see you too, Anthony. Yeah. So we'll have the lineup game coming up in 10 minutes or so. But uh, Jamie, Jamie, you and I were, were talking about this in the office. When you think of the Cardinals and not just this year, but over the last couple of years, and we have seen the text response, we have heard from Cardinals fans, whether it be mic drop or otherwise, we know that a large portion of the fan base feels as though that this organization has been cheap. They've been frugal. They've been unwilling to quote-unquote go for it. But if you look at just a couple examples this year, the Mets being the number one team because they have the top payroll in baseball. The Mets are not going to make the postseason this year. No team outside of the Mets has a higher payroll than the Yankees, who right now are on track to not make the playoffs. No team in the National League has a higher payroll outside of the Mets than the San Diego Padres, who are on track to not make the postseason. So spending big doesn't always equate to success. It doesn't even equate sometimes, in the the case of those three teams, as even making the playoffs. Now, the Rangers should make the playoffs. Rangers could win the division. They're fourth in in payroll this year. And then the team that is fifth this season is – I forget off the top of my head. I got it here in a second here. The team that is fifth is the Phillies. And the Phillies last year snuck into the playoffs, and as we know, they got on a run. Yeah. Could they do it again this year? They're starting to play better baseball. They got a doubleheader today against the Nationals. So if we know that spending and spending alone doesn't equate to winning necessarily, if we go to like the talent evaluation standpoint, hey, you got to be the best talent evaluators. I don't know about you, Jamie, but a couple of the teams that are, are really good at talent evaluating because they have to, teams like the Rays, they, they don't spend. They're, they're going to evaluate talent not only in their farm system 
because they know they're not going to be able to retain a lot of their players, but they're going to pick your pocket too. <laughs> Randy Rosarina. Oh, boy. The Brewers, I would put in that category too. The Brewers paid Christian Yelich, but they also are a team that, as we know, they're not going to spend big a lot of the times. They have to be keen talent evaluators. I would also put the Giants in that category. The Giants missed out on Aaron Judge. They missed out on Carlos Correa. They let a lot of their existing top money guys go from the previous regime, and they they have gone with more youth, and they've been kind of mixing and matching one-year contract, two-year contract guys. I think they're pretty good when it comes to talent evaluating. 108 wins two years ago. But what have those teams won big? Nothing. Right. The Giants won in 2010, 12, and 14. Different team. Completely different team run by a different guy. You can't you can't include them in that. I guess my question, Jamie, is do we really know what it takes to build a successful team? Because if it's not spending, and it's not necessarily like spending alone, talent yeah. event alone, I realize it's kind of a mixed mixture of the two. But even if you look at the Braves, is there a concrete way to win? No, I don't think there's one specific way, but it's it's knowing what you have on your roster, what you have in your system, and blending it the right way. Mm-hmm. So the percentages for the Braves, let's say, might be talent evaluation at like 60%, paying the money at 40% sure. of a breakdown, right? And where other teams, like the Padres, it's spending the money mm-hmm. at 80%. And then building a team properly at 20%. Like, it's the combination that you have of it. And I think for the Cardinals, it's going to have to be a mixture of things. Like, I feel like the Astros are a really good mixture. I feel like the Dodgers, although they have some high-priced guys, they evaluate properly, they draft well, they develop from within, and then they either use those players for their club or use those players to get players to help their team. Mm -hmm. And they spend the money. So they're a combination of both. The Cardinals have to be the same way. The Cardinals have to figure out how to be the Rays as far as evaluating talent, but also be somewhere in the top echelon for certain players. Yeah. Their overall payroll doesn't have to compete with the massive markets. And if you're sitting, you know, listening right now and you're getting angry about that, you are, the, the duets make so much money. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to this conversation. Completely irrelevant to this conversation. What they have to do is evaluate the young players and develop them properly and then evaluate free agents mm-hmm. properly. This is something they have not done well. No. At all. I don't even know if they try. I'm not being and I'm not being mean. I'm not, but when you look at some of the free agents, you're like, were you really trying? Mm-hmm. Or was there just a very specific group of players that you had a, an allotment of money for and you picked the best of the worst? Bingo. Okay? But that's where it has to change. Yeah. That has to be upgraded. It doesn't have to go from Corey Dickerson to Shohei Otani, but it, you got to find somewhere in the middle here. Mm-hmm. It, you have to be like your franchise has to be in the conversation when people are talking about Aaron Nola and Blake Snell. Well, the Cardinals are very interested. Hearing that uh, John Mozeliak and the Cardinals are like, it has to be there. Yeah. Now I know we've heard this before on other plays. Well, they finished second or they finished third. It's fine. That happens. That that will continue to happen. You're not going to get every player you go after, but you have to be in the conversation. You have to be willing to hit that price point mm-hmm. and then let the player make the decision. If the player doesn't want to come here, that's fine. But I can guarantee you this. If you're building the team properly with really talented players and you're willing to spend some money on some high-priced items, most players are going to like that. Yeah. 
And most players do like the tradition of the Cardinals. I'm not talking the Cardinal way and all that. It's not the game changer that it maybe it used to be, but it's in the plus category. So when I, if I'm Aaron Nola and I'm looking around and I want to go to a contender, I want to know what they have. What's on their roster? Well, they got Arnado, they got Goldie. You know, they've got some good young pieces here. And you're looking at even more that you're seeing guys, the prospects. Okay, this is a team that can bang. They got some offense. Uh, defensively, they have been very good this year, a little bit of an off year. So as a pitcher, you're going, okay, and I got a pitcher's ballpark. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pay me exactly the same as Team X, Y, or Z. That is not as good or that doesn't favor me. That's when you make the choice to the Cardinals. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's the Cardinals' advantage right away. You can't be can't be blinded by that. You can't be arrogant enough as the team to think that just because we're the Cardinals puts us right to the front of the line. It's not the fact anymore. So you got to spend the money, evaluate the talent that you have from within, and also evaluate other free agent talent that you just haven't been able to do. I think teams that cheat the process in Major League Baseball wind up paying for it in the end. What I mean by that is the two obvious examples are the ones that we've used before. The Mets, the Mets try to cheat the process. They figured Stephen, Steve Cohen came in, he figures, as long as I spend on the top three agents, I'm going to be good. And that hasn't been the case. Well, he thought, this is easy. Right. <laughs> the, the Phillies, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to work out for the Phillies. I could be wrong. They win a World Series. They win one World Series. All of this would have been worth it. But when it comes to the Phillies, you suffered one injury in Reese Hoskins this year, and then you you've you've kind of had issues. You know, Trey Turner has had a bad year to the point where the Phillies fans felt bad for him enough to give him a standing ovation all weekend. He hits a home run on Sunday. Big home, big three-run home run, and took out a billboard sign to thank the Phillies fans. And hey, thanks for being. Well, he's got enough money to do it, Anthony. He certainly does. (laughs) I think the Phillies have tried to cheat the process. I think the Padres have definitely tried to cheat the process. I don't know about the Phillies. I don't know if I can agree with you on that. They built a pretty good team. Trey Turner, Nicholas Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Zach Wheeler, Mm -hmm. uh, JT Realmuto. None of these guys grew up in the Phillies organization. No, where'd they finish last year, though? They finished in the World Series. So I, I would think, in, from from my personal mm-hmm. perspective, that that worked. It got them there. Those guys carried them through. Castellanos was a gold glover Harper. in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Schwarber hitting bombs, Harper, all these guys, the, the guys that didn't come up through their system, got them to a World Series last mm-hmm. year. I know they didn't win, but... I think Cardinals fans would take a World Series appearance. Of course. How long does that buy you? The World Series? Yeah. If they get bounced, because they didn't win. With with this same roster, I don't know if it buys you all that much time, because I feel like with this same roster, almost, and you even added, the expectations are probably higher. Right. So if they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs this year. Then that's deemed a failure. Okay. Correct. Okay, great. Then you and I agree on that part, because you're right. they They got to the World Series last year with all that talent. 20 whatever teams didn't didn't so it but if you're going to spend that way then you better you better be reaching the at least the league championship series every year right if we're if you're going to spend that way to me the team the, the cardinals fit into this category but in a different way they're 17th right now in payroll but i i think where they have cheated the process is by doing what you described and what i've talked about a lot what do we need? Just get the one need in the offseason. We're good. Well, let's look in the pile of players, too. So to, to further your point, mm-hmm. 
is let what do we need, okay? And what's not the most expensive? Right. So let's go they try find, to cheat the process. Like a left fielder, an outfielder. Okay, outfielders. It's uh, you know Mike Trout. Oh, that guy's way too expensive. We got to go to this bin over here. Mm-hmm. Corey Dickerson. Oh, okay, yeah. He's uh, our guys have him evaluated right at the top of the list for this tier right. of player. Right. That's the problem. They identify that what they need, but then they go to the discount bin in yes. that position. One of the most frustrating comments that any front office member made for the Cardinals this offseason, I thought it just happened with, with at, right at the deadline with Michael Gersh. What he said about, we needed a pitcher last year and we needed a catcher and we got those things done, I thought was one of the most short-sighted comments by any member of the Cardinals front office that spoke the, publicly this year. Yeah. Because it under it undermines the problem with that thought process we go into you know who could do that do you know who could look up and down the roster and say oh we need this let's go out in the offseason and make sure we fill those two needs do you know who, do you know who could do that anybody fans <laughs> we could do that media we could do that oh i could do that. that takes to me that takes no real talent that's not a talent a talent evaluation pro it is simply I need eggs, I better go buy some eggs. It undermines the problem that the Cardinals have had for years now. And I think when they try to cheat the process by saying, we just need one thing and we'll be good, you deserve this type of year. I'm sorry, you do. Well, they've done it over and over again. And I think Ex- that's exactly. It's, it's repeated point, behavior. And you've said this before, is it's not just this last off season. It's not just this season. You go back and you didn't address things for years on end. Mm-hmm. And you, you continuously tried to put a band-aid on it. You tried to get the the John Lesters and the Jay Haps and you know rejuvenate them, and which you did a pretty good job, quite honestly. Then you go get the Jose Akendos last year, a little bit of a reclamation. Or, yeah, Jose Akendo. There he had him. Jose Quintana. I always do that. That's like your guy. It's a, you, yeah. yeah. I do it all the time. Either bro. way, they got Quintana. Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, that guy. And he came in and was a rock star for you. Mm-hmm. So you're like, all right, that's all we have to do. Yeah. No, it's not. No, you should have addressed it like two or three off seasons ago, knowing mm-hmm. that there was a fork in the road coming here. It's kind of like it's kind of like preparing for a test the night before. You know, I'm gonna. It's just a cram session. I'm gonna. It's I'm fresh gonna cram the brain, no, Anthony. Yeah, I gotta you tell wake you. up. I feel good. <laughs> I was cramming all night, dude. You didn't learn it. You didn't learn the material. I that's what I pass. did. That's what I did too. I don't need to learn. Look, I just need to pass. Now. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I don't have to learn this stuff. It's better when you learn. It's better when throughout the course of the year, the knowledge sticks to you. You can apply it. You can understand it. When you cram for the test, right? you might pass it the next day, but did you really learn the material? No. Can you apply it moving forward? No. Probably can you not. build off of it? Because you're going to have another t- another series of tests yeah. next year. And you'll cram for that one, too. And you'll cram for that one, too. <laughs> and then eventually you're fifth place in the NL Central. You know what I mean? They need It the, all connects. Well done, Anthony. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. They need the answers to the test that Jamie usually provides. They certainly I try do. to. They certainly do. They haven't do. been listening. Uh, we might need the answers to the test coming up because we got the lineup game and we have not been good. Actually, you know what? Didn't, didn't we get a perfect lineup last time? I can't remember. I anything. think we got That's a perfect like lineup last ago. time. You're really testing me. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, lineup game next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Earlier start for the Cardinals today. So we've got an earlier edition of the lineup game. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalzer's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, 540 local time. Cardinals get it going against the Rays at Trap- Tropicana Field. It is, uh, I said that weird, Tropicana Field. Zach Afflin. Tomato, tomato, Anthony. Versus Miles Michaelis, a pair of right-handers on the hill tonight for the Rays and Cardinals, respectively. All right, with the right-hander on the hill, Jamie, what are we thinking? Grinder. That's what I think, too. Yeah, grind it up here, Marshy. Show us. Yeah, that's on us. Show the us grinder. Lars Newport. Yeah. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, show us uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Yes, please. Show us. Yukon Cornelius. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. Gold, rich with gold. Gold. Anthony, if I may, just for a second here. Yeah. If somebody gets a day off to get them off their feet today, I might lose my ever-loving mind. <laughs> they just had a day off yesterday. Right. But Ollie did this earlier in the year. They had, had a day two off, days off. And then Goldie was like out the next game. Oh, it was a scheduled day off. Mm-hmm. Not that Goldie, you know, doesn't need a day off, but yeah. some of these guys are the only reason we're watching. Very true. So, all right, I just had to get that out there to the universe. They had Sunday off too. <clears throat> oh, no, they didn't, Anthony. No, they didn't. What? I know. Hard to believe, but no. They, uh, they, they were there. They didn't play on Sunday. No, they didn't play offense, that's for sure. Uh, Gorman here? I'd say it's uh, Stormin, Norman, Gorman. Please show us Nolan Gorman, please. There's a storm coming, Ari. Did I say Norman? No, no. I did. I said Norman Gorman. Stormin, Norman. Yeah. I yeah, whatever. All right. Um... May I? Oh, absolutely. Show us. Nolan Arnato. Nolan is a security guard at the lumber yard. I do like that one, too. Me, too. Yeah, it's a good Very one. Very much so. What's that from, Marsh? Do you know off the top of your head? I think it's from Big Mama's house. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the text line told me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay. That's awesome if it is. I don't know which you number, said though. That, the way you said that was absolutely perfect. Anthony, have you seen the Big Mama series? No, I have not. I saw one of them. I can't remember which one. There's yeah, a, like no. two or three of them. I saw the very first one. I couldn't tell you that there was a series of Big Mamas. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm. It was Martin Lawrence that. Uh, okay. They, I have uh, a vague. They dress vague him memory up. And they, he, he plays an an older woman. Okay. Yeah, it's actually kind of fun. Right. It's just Big Mama's House, the one that was released in 2000. Mm. This is the one I saw. Then. Mm. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh-huh. Don't not to be confused with like Mrs. Doubtfire, who also has a man dress up as. Correct. Woman. Yes. Different. So, yeah. He so. did that too. Or Tootsie, for that matter. What is that? I've Dustin, never seen that. Dustin Hoffman was the first one, I believe, to dress up in women's clothing to portray a woman in a TV show. Gotcha. Yeah. Dating myself a little bit on that one, Anthony. Yeah. But uh, That's yeah, all right. Tootsie, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, you had a few other ones too. Uh, Wesley Snipes dressed up one time, I believe. Too Wong Fu, Mike yeah. Ryder. Yeah. Uh, hmm. It's not Too Wong Fu, Mike Oscar Ryder. Mike Ryder told me that. Though. Also did it too. Well, he dressed up in women's yeah. clothing. Didn't Marv Albert did the same thing for Marv a, Albert too? An avid uh, undergarment wear. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think those were for um, no, they feature films. Although Oscar De La Hoya did make video on it. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Adam Sandler dressed up his, uh, I believe, his sister in a different movie. <laughs> I, what's the true. movie called? 
Oh, man. Jack and Jill, Jack I Jack and Jill. Yes. Yeah. There's another I've never one seen it, but I remember either. the it's probably title. a good thing. Yeah, uh, I'm like, I don't know if... Yeah. There's another one, Sandman, too. Sandman, I like you. I don't know if I can watch this one. No. This that, one seems um, My buddy Michael Rosenbaum. Remember that we had him on the show? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorority Chicks. Uh, that yeah. was another one. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Anyways, so, uh, so Wilson Contreras here? Big Willie Contreras. There we go. This one goes out to all the big Willies. Wilson, are you naked? No, Tim, I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> I just love that one. No, Tim, I'm wearing a hat. Uh, all right, so six here. This has been Tyler O'Neill. This has been Jordan Walker. Uh, I don't think recently, like Alec Burleson has seen the sixth spot here. But if Tyler O'Neill's in the lineup, Jamie, I think it's Tyler O'Neill. He has to be in the lineup. I mean, unless he's hurt. I don't know. That's a long walk sometimes from the car to the stadium. No, that's a good point. Yeah. I say Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, go with it. Show us Tyler O'Neill. Oh, wow. Marshy. No sounder for the, the, the memory of an elephant, that Marshy kid. No, so, no sounder for the ton. <laughs> Does anybody get a sounder? Is it pretty? Oh, no. They had lots of There's runners in scoring yeah. positions. <laughs> yeah. They've had some hits. Just, yeah. The uh, memory of an elephant? Is that what you said? Do they have good memories? They have. They have outstanding memories. I mean, I watched every single second of that game on Sunday, Anthony. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, you, no, didn't. you didn't. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. But still, elephants do have outstanding memories. But and you could imagine if I did. Uh, sure. Yeah. Imagine if I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Walk it like it's hot here. Yeah, I don't see why not. All right, uh, let's walk it like it like it's hot, please. Show us Jordan Walker. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so now we've got Newbar, O'Neal, and Walker in the outfield. Newbar, O'Neal, Walker. Gorman's at second. Gorman at Contreras second. behind the dish. But who's the DH? Is this where Burley comes in? Edmund has to be one of these. Right. Now you need a shortstop. I think, okay, where do we have Tommy Edmund? I think ninth. I do too. Yeah. So this is either Burleson or Kisner. Kisner. Yeah. Who's on or the bump for us? Michaelis. I think his daddy's in the game. Okay. All right. I don't know. I yeah. mean, he works really well with Michaelis. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Go for it. I like it. I'm with you. <sighs> I'm nervous, Anthony. This one makes me nervous. Wait, hold on, hold on. I know. Contreras. So we're saying that Contreras, after a day off, is not the catcher. I don't see that happening. No, I don't either. Okay. All right. Thanks. See, that's why we talked this out. Yeah. Okay. So, Burleson. He's been really good at the plate. Okay. And he's your DH. Yeah. Let's do it. Show us Alec Burleson. What a shame. I still don't think it's Kisner. Oh, is it Dylan Carlson? So, is this Dylan Carlson and either Walker's the DH? I think it's Dylan Carlson. All right. Show us Dylan Carlson. Carl Carlson. Carl Carlson. We should have used the same strategy as we did with Contreras. A day off, you're not going to then bench Carlson again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Ollie's going to probably get him back in there, get a chance to get things going. So I think this is Tommy Edmund. I do too. Go ahead. Uh, Show us Tommy Edmund. Nice. All right. Not bad. We missed one. Yeah, we screwed up. That's okay. We had, you know, the day off messed us up a little bit. 
Yeah, mess us, uh, mess us up real good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Run it, Marshy. Leading off the DH, Lars Taylor Tatsui Newt Bar. Oh. Okay. Take that. Batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, second baseman Nolan Norman Storman Gorman. <laughs> the cleanup hitter, third baseman Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, the catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth in left field, Tyler O'Neill. Batting seventh in right field, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, the center fielder, Dylan Carlson. And batting ninth, the shortstop, Tommy Edman. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. Did any of us pick Nolan? Because he homered first on oh. Friday. I don't think any of us did. No. Who did I have, though? I don't know. Marsh, you, you keep Marsh, right. you keep I track. kept track, yeah. However, it's in the office right okay. now. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. I don't I think thought, anybody I think had, I had him. Arnado. I think I... Arnado? Yeah, Arnado. Oh, I think hit, Gorman. I, th- I, th- I think yeah. I had Gorman on Friday. I think Arnado hit the first home run. Yeah. Okay. And then Gorman hit two. So yeah. if you had Gorman, that's I had a, him. I think I had the double down on Gorman. That day. Okay, that makes sense. Because I would have got the hit. Yeah, but not uh, not the ding dong. No. That's tough. It is tough. It's tough to get hit with no ding dong. Yeah, <clears throat> just doesn't feel right. Go ahead, Jamie. All right, uh, I'm going back to the well here. Nolan Gorman. I mean, this guy. I he seems to hit the ball a little bit from time to time. I would say so. <laughs> Uh, Marsh, who do you want? I'm going to go with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I'm going to go with Dylan Carlson. Okay. He's batting 429 and seven at-bats against him. All right. Against uh, Zach Eflin. I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill's on a bit of a run here. He's got three home runs in his last five games and his last 21 plate appearances. So I'm going to ride the hot hand. Go with Tyler O'Neill. That's your lineup game and your home run derby. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. A team that has actually been winning still proved yesterday that it has a losing mentality. That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we mentioned this in What's Trending yesterday, and now everybody's talking about it. Yeah, we were trendsetters. We certainly were. It also broke. It broke during our show, so <laughs> slight advantage there, Jamie. No yeah, big deal. Yeah, but we didn't have the audio back then. We didn't. So let's listen to the horrific, horrific comments by Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown the other day. When the Orioles were playing the uh, the Rays, and actually, when I say the other day, it was July 23rd. Yeah. Listen to the despicable comments by Kevin Brown, Orioles broadcaster yeah. on July 23rd. The things he says about his own team. Unbelievable. Listen. Awful. Tune in. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th. 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Yeah, Yeah, so that was it. According to... Awful announcing and the athletic. Brown was suspended because of those comments right there. What's crazy is when the f- I heard it for the very first time, he's pumping it up. He's complimenting the Orioles for what they've been able to do recently against this team. He's pumping up that it's a huge matchup. Yeah. He's given the history of why this is so big and why they've like the change now that like, that's good broadcasting. It's it's telling you the story. Like that's the number one thing in broadcasting. What we have to do via radio, you better make sure you tell the story properly with lots of details because there is no visual. Yeah. We don't have a, a graphic or whatever to help us along or a video. It's fine. When you're doing TV like that, you've taken the time to build exactly what you're going to talk about. You're going to support it with a graphic and support it with numbers. Maybe a little personal opinion, which he really doesn't have one. No. His only personal opinion is that this is a big game, like mm-hmm. this is the, the, gra- the, gr- the gravity of this game or whatever. That was excellent. I'm in shock that this man is suspended right now. Do you think there's something more going on here? I don't know. Tim McKernan talked about that That's, this morning. He's like, there has to be something more. Because you can't just, you're not going to suspend somebody over that, right? Like, it can't be this much of a layup. Maybe the ownership came to him and said, hey, we don't like you talking negatively. Maybe he said, blank you. 
I, I don't know. I'm assuming there's something more here, but I also don't want to assume because that that's almost painting Kevin Brown in a you know in a bad spot. Like, oh, you must have done something else. But yeah. it, it just you don't doesn't add the up here, right? Like, right. we don't want people to think, oh, he did something wrong. Because it just doesn't add up at no, all. Nobody's offering a comment on it. So Kevin Brown, obviously, he's not going to comment on it. He'd like to keep his job. Yeah, he's 35 years old. He, it's a good he, gig. It's a great gig. It's one of it's one of thirty two gigs, yeah, thirty gigs. Excuse me, gigs in in Major League Baseball. He wants to keep the job. He probably you know feels the support that he's getting elsewhere, and he just he's going to keep his head down on this, and then eventually he's going to come back. It just doesn't make sense. And it, Jamie, it, it makes me wonder. The Orioles are having success right now. They have not had success in a long time. Can you be a winning team but still showcase losing culture? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's what we're seeing with the Orioles. It's almost like they don't know what to do. So they hear something like this. And let's just let's just stay with this is why he was suspended. So they hear that, and they're so insecure that they, they, they react poorly despite having all this success. And it reminds me of human beings sometimes. Like, ah, oh, you get a rush of success. Doesn't mean that you know how to handle yourself. And I think the Orioles are, are proving that right now. And I thought you brought up a, a good point to me in the office about ownership. And there is leadership, and leadership starts at the top. And you set the tone for your company, or you set the tone for your team. And I wonder, Jamie, if it started with leadership at the top, and somebody didn't like it, because they were, ta- they were talking too much uh, good, you know, Kevin Brown was saying so, too many good things about a division rival that he they were going to step in. They were going to step in and, and put a put an end to this, Yeah, which is absurd. Well, it's, it's just ridiculous. And you talk about, we, we have talked about culture and leadership at the top. Look at some of the franchises that always seem to be in turmoil. Like, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves football. He loves the Dallas Cowboys. He cannot get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something to do with the NFL or hiring the wrong head coaches or whatever it is, Jerry Jones ha- hasn't been able to recently produce you know that winning football culture that once was the Cowboys. That's an owner that you know he's hands on, but maybe too much so. Mm-hmm. You have uh, James Dolan, New York Knicks, uh, speaks for itself. Like With the money that guy has and, and the resources, the Knicks should be a powerhouse every friggin' year. And we shouldn't be hearing about uh, former players and, and Spike Lee being kicked out of MSG because of certain things. Like, are you bored? Mm. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you're just trying to kick up drama? Just, whatever it is. There's, there's a handful of owners that just can't get out of their own way. And what that does, it sets a precedent for how this team's going to be run. Yeah, Chaos is what it sets. So uh, l- this in right now, they uh, public Barstool Sports reporting amongst other sources, lots of sources, but uh, Barstool Sports in particular, you know, they've got a little snark to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, public shaming works. Wrongfully suspended play-by-play man Kevin Brown will return to the O's broadcast, bo- broadcast booth on Friday. Nice. So there must not be something else behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was, wouldn't the Orioles ownership You would dig your heels in. You would send a serious message right. and be like, no, one, we're not commenting. 
but let's just say he won't be back soon. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, okay. Mm. No. No. So this mm. is where we're at. Well, good. Good. The Orioles heard heard how stupid they look. And they brought, in, a, in the middle of a great season, they brought negative attention when where no negative attention should have been brought. No kidding. They're finally relevant. Right. Be relevant for the right reasons. No kidding. No like kidding. you've got a great team, you got a great young team, you've got some of the greatest prospects in baseball. You got mm-hmm. Jackson Holiday, who's like number one or number two prospect in anywhere you look, and you're doing this. You're worried about a guy who's telling the story properly. Yeah, that's stupid. All right, it's fascinating. I want to want to ESPN. That's good to hear, though. It's good to hear that on yeah. Friday he's going to come back. So Randy Carricker on our opening drive this morning. He threw out a, an interesting would you rather that we're going to dive into next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Would you rather have your team load up with a massive payroll like the Mets did this year or the Padres have done this year? Or would you rather have a franchise like the Tampa Bay Rays who went to the World Series three years ago and they've been in the playoffs in each of the last four years? I guess it comes down to, would you rather have your team win at a lower payroll or not win with a higher payroll? I would have, I, I want my team to win. So I'll take that. I'll take that option, Jamie. I'll circle the t- the team that wins. I'll 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 circle that one. You? Yes. Okay. All right. I don't care how we do it. Yeah. I think that's the main point, isn't it? Because we hear a lot of fans say you got to be able to spend. DeWitt's got to spend, Moe's got to spend. Yeah, you got to spend wisely. You got to draft better. <clears throat> True. You have to draft wisely. You have to develop players. I mean, this is this is what teams that sustain winning over time do mm-hmm. it's not about spending it's about spending on the right players when it comes to the cardinals i've made the argument that they're so like so far in the middle of both approach that they wind up almost kind of serving both masters at the same time now they've made the playoffs a lot so you know there there is something to be said for that but when you know when you know you can't spend and you're the race and you can only build a team in a specific way. I do think there's a there's a benefit to that. Your foundation is set. You know, it's hard to be searching for something when you have no starting point. So yeah. for the Rays, when they're searching for talent, they know that talent cannot come in free agency. It's either going to have to be in the trade market or it's going to have to be in the draft or international, you know, market. Yeah, but they're not dropping big money there. Right. So they've got a starting point. When you're the Phillies and the Mets and the Yankees and uh, the Rangers now, these teams are spending big. You have a starting point. We know we could throw a lot of money at the problem. You know who you are. The Cardinals have dipped into both. You know, the Cardinals want to be a team that drafts and develops well, which is what I think they should do. But it's not like they're the Rays. It's not like they're the ace. They're 17th right now on payroll. It's going to have to go up because they need multiple starting pitchers. Whether that's two or three, we'll find out. 
but their payroll is going to have to go up because they're young guys. Three aren't going to be ready next year. No, that's for sure. So you're going to be right there again, 11th or so. Now, Marsh asked in the office today, he goes, well, where were the Cardinals payroll-wise in 11 through 14? And I looked it up. They're right around 9th to 13th. They've always hovered in and around the they're same right spot. They're right there, right. I mean, even though they're, what, 17th now, I mean, they're still kind of hovering. That's because they got caught with their pants down. What? Yeah. When? Uh, when the free agency, when free agency kicked off. Oh. Yeah. That's true, too. They didn't realize that all this, all the money that was going to be spent in the offseason. So that's why that's why they're 17th, as opposed to being right in that window, 9, nine to 13, yeah. average of about 11. Well, that's assuming they would have spent that money, too. Sure. <clears throat> but Jamie... You know, like, the, come on. You're right. So the point is, to okay, so to that point, let me build off of it. You're about 11th consistently, on average, in payroll. Mm-hmm. That doesn't put you in... The upper echelon of free agents, that also doesn't put you in the, we're not going to spend anything. Got to put you right in the middle. Which you put you right in the middle for guys like Mike Leake, Daxter Fowler, Brett Cecil. Yeah. Guys so, like that. So here's where I'll push back a little bit. Well, I shouldn't even push back. I don't know what the proper way to describe it is. You're right. In those players that you described, you're right. But? But they've also dropped some cash. They have, in a good way. Arenado and Goldschmidt, like they've dropped some money at times. Mm. Now they've they've gone via trade, so it's not like free agency where they competed for those guys. Yeah, but those guys did have uh, one Goldie did sign an extension. He could have went to free agency. Mm. He didn't, and you paid him. Nolan Arenado opted in when he could have opted out and didn't even want more pay because right. he could have opted out, renegotiated, and got more salary or higher number from the Cardinals. He didn't. So it's not like the Cardinals won't spend money. Mm. It's identifying when they need to spend money. I think that's the problem. Like this year, they thought to themselves, we got to go get a catcher. To your point earlier about Michael Gersh, we need a pitcher and a catcher. Well, we went to get Murphy, and we didn't want to give up the newt. I'm just saying that because I think he was part of the deal. Yeah. So, well, we're going to go big. We're going to get Contreras. Open up the checkbook. Here we go. And they thought, we paid. We spent. We're going for it. Didn't work out. It didn't work. It it has, but it hasn't worked out. Mm -hmm. So I look at the Cardinals from now on where they have to be like a boxer, okay? Is a good boxer establishes the jab. The jab is the setup for the right hand, the knockout punch. So the Cardinals, with the draft and their development and their young guys, that's the jab. they got to keep throwing the jab out there. We've got established guys. Boom, boom, boom. Keeping everybody on their heels. And then when there's a free agent out there, wow, the knockout punch. Like, they come in now and drop the hammer, the bag of cash. Poof. Aaron Nola, you're now a Cardinal. Blake Snell, poof, you're now a Cardinal. Mm-hmm. And then jab, jab, jab. And you wait for the next one that comes up, and then Bam. Yeah. They don't do the BAM enough, or ever for that matter, via free agency, because yeah. they acquired Arenado and Goldie, and I know I just went through my whole thing, but free agency, this is a year where they can do it. They have enough young talent. They have enough in the prospect pool to create that jab, keep their opponent on their heels, you know, and mm-hmm. then boom, come with the big right hand, which is the big signing. Yeah, That's what I feel the Cardinals have to do. 
is a mix of the Tampa Bay Rays and the Padres. I don't mean just signing a whole bunch of people, but when you get a guy, you pay him. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But aren't they already that? I don't think they are. But you just said they they paid Arenado. You're right. They yeah. paid Goldschmidt. You're right. Who are they paying in the pitching staff though? Uh, Wayno. You know, but Michaelis. Okay, Anthony. Who are they? Who are they really paying? That's my point, though. That's my point. Is they haven't dropped the hammer. Like they should have a guy that's 25 million plus on that pitching staff. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, you're not guaranteed anything in life, but you know, it's the number one or an ace caliber that we've got here. Sure, they don't. They don't. So they've never dropped the hammer as far as the pitching is concerned recently, in my opinion. But when they do drop the hammer... It's the wrong guy. <laughs> it, it has been the t- It has typically been the wrong guy. I know. I understand. But maybe they get back to where? 11th in payroll? Anthony, this... they're never going to be top five. Exactly. I think that's part of the problem. Not that they're not in the top... Not that they won't spend in the top five, but they're this mix. I think they are a mix of... Let's try to be the Rays and the Mets. Let's, let's go right in the middle there. Let's get a sweet spot. We're going to spend, but not spend a lot. We're going to draft and develop the rest, but we're really not going to develop the rest because we're going to spend a little bit, and then we're not going to observe some of these outfielders. The Rays would have never passed on Randy Rosarino. The Rays would have never passed on Adolis Garcia. Those guys would have gotten proper run. Dylan Carlson would have gotten a proper run. That's know, my but you're, point. You're at where you're at right now. And I think they're going to stay in that spot. Well, they might stay in there, but they have to change their thought process. I, I honestly feel like this is the year where they they circle a number of players, whether it's free agency and they come with the big money or whether it's via trade to where they're willing to take on big money and part with prospects. Right. Somehow, some way, they have to get a big fish. Yeah, that we that we can agree on. There's no doubt and about it. And if they're it. not willing to do that because the pockets are too tight or you know they don't know their evaluation of their own people, or they're afraid to give up a player now because of past experiences, that's on them. It's hard to evaluate a player when you're paying Dexter Fowler what you're paying him. He's not with the club anymore. No, he's a he was an angel. He's an angel. The, uh, is there a win-win trade out there for the Cardinals this offseason? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltz. There's a win-win trade out there for the Cardinals this offseason, such as last year when the Marlins acquired Luis Arise in exchange for Pablo Lopez. Lopez had an F4 of 3.3, Luis Arise an F4 of 3.2. Would you consider this to be a win-win for both sides? Yeah, absolutely. Is there a win-win trade that is attainable for the Cardinals next next offseason? You're going to have to find a dance partner. And here's the deal. When you look at Pablo Lopez, you say, oh, the Cardinals should have traded for him. The Cardinals did not have a batting champ on their roster in Luis Arise. Sorry. Would you be willing to give up Nolan Gorman? I don't know if they would be willing, if, if at the time, if the Marlins would have acquired Nolan Gorman for Pablo Lopez. You would have made that deal. At the time. At the time. You would have. Now you wouldn't. No. But when it comes to finding a pitcher... You know, I, Jamie, I keep hearing over and over and over again, the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners make a 
a great trade partner for the Cardinals. They need hitting. We need pitching. Okay, great. The best commodity in all of baseball is starting pitching. I made this claim with the White Sox as I punch my microphone and it punches me back. The ultimate trade. See how it comes full circle, Jamie? Yeah. Well done. I made this claim with the White Sox months ago. We should go get Dylan Cease. Why the would the White Sox give up an ace? Well, because people are sleeping in the bullpen. Well, that's a whole other story. The Have culture thing, yes, stuff? the culture thing for the White Sox. They got some issues. Yeah, but we got one guy who's got a sleep yeah. problem, so we let him sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was awesome. When they I got issues today. beyond, uh, you know, <laughs> what we're seeing on the field. But, Jamie, let's stop. We, sometimes we get so caught up in the car, what the Cardinals need that we don't think about the other side of it. The Chicago White Sox were never going to trade Dylan Cease. As soon as you trade an ace, what are you looking for? Oh, they're looking to acquire an ace. Correct. Mm-hmm. Trading Lucas Giolito on an expiring contract makes sense. Trading St- Lance, you know, Lance Lynn makes sense. Trading Joe Kelly makes sense. But at some point, you have to look back and say, well, what are we building with? Well, we're going to build with Dylan Cease, Luis, uh, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, and we'll go from there. That's what we're going to build with. The Seattle Mariners, as we circle back to them, are not going to just give you a pitcher, guys. They're not just going to say, here's Logan. Why would they trade Logan Gilbert? They're trying to win in, a, in the same division as the Houston Astros, the defending champs, and a Texas Rangers team yeah. that is all in now. Are you talking about Seattle like at this year's deadline or I'm in the I'm talking about in the offseason. I keep hearing the hmm. Seattle Mariners as a perfect trade. Are you willing to give up Nolan Gorman? Because that's what it's going to take to get a young cost control pitcher. You think they're going to take Taylor Motter off your hands and give you Bryce Miller? They're not. Why'd you go after him? I don't know. I keep going after Motter. I apologize, Motter. Like, find somebody else. He hurt you, and I have to hurt him now. It's he just a. Hurt. He actually hurt himself. He really did. He's a star he could be right now. Yeah. Hmm. They're not going to take your junk and give you a young cost control pitcher. Not Taylor Motter in this case. Just metaphorical junk. What's wrong with you, Anthony? Who hurt you? Metaphorical junk, Jamie. <laughs> I don't care whose junk you're talking about. Either way, um, <laughs> you're right. You're not going to go. Well, okay. So, okay. So, hear me out. I just had a thought in my head. All right. So, John Mosaylock is. Um, apprehensive to make that trade, that Randy Arosa type mistake again, Rosarena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that he's afraid to make that type of mistake again. He's afraid to let Adolis Garcia go. He's afraid of all the things that happened before. Yeah. So if that's one of his crutches, is another one of his crutches or the organization, it's more fair, it's not just Mo, is another one that they simply have to absolutely win the trade? Because of the Paul Goldschmidt trade, it just fell on their lap that they found a team that mm. was willing to trade Paul Goldschmidt and take on not a whole lot. Carson Kelly, I think the biggest name that ended up being part of that package, like eventually. And then you take the Rockies, where Arenado wanted out so bad, Mosellock swung in there, gave him not much except for an ace the other day, Austin Gomber. <laughs> um, and managing to get, like, is Mo at the 
stage of his career where it's I'm not going to trade these young prospects. I'm just going to wait for somebody to give me their gold. Yes. Yeah, Anthony, that's not good. That ain't happening. Look at this past trade deadline. Let's build off of what you just asked me. Let's look at this. Let's look at this past trade deadline. Who did they trade, Jamie? Well, expiring contracts. The obvious choices. Yeah. The expiring contracts. So nothing that could bite them. Correct. And they didn't, you know, it wasn't like they attempted to get huge stars in return. This is what I was talking about when I kept referencing, and I use this term because of the late, great Chris Duncan. Huevos Rancheros. It takes Huevos Rancheros to go go into this deadline and say, you know what? I'm going to trade Goldie. I'm going to get ahead of this. If he falls, if he falls, you know, falls off a cliff next year in his final year, okay, I'm going to try to give him a, a chance to win a World Series championship this year, and I'm going to get a pitcher. I'm going to get a pitcher, right? Uh, it would have taken some huevos rancheros to trade somebody that already has a year, at least a year of control, but he didn't because of what you just talked about. He wasn't going to take on a, 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 a risk. I understand not taking on an unnecessary risk, but at some point you do have to roll the dice again. You do have to get back out there. Okay, the race picked your pocket for Randy Rosarena. All right. It happens. Yeah. But if you're waiting for, for every Arizona Diamondback and Colorado Rockies to, you know, fall asleep and get hammered and forget where, you know, where they are and then trade you Goldie or Arnado when they're desperate for just getting something, you're gonna you're gonna be waiting a while. The other bad teams, because here's somebody the, the the good team, and we talked about this before too, Jamie. We talked about this at the deadline. What bad team right now has something you want? The, I don't Royal, know. the Royals searched. have nothing. The I, Oakland A's have nothing. The Nationals, you know, do you want Lane Thomas back? You gave him up for nothing. No, we don't need another outfielder, Anthony. The Nationals got some young talent, but they they're not going to give okay that up. Pitching. The, yes, but I think they're going to build around it. Like so, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie <clears throat> Gore, those yeah. guys. They ain't going to give those guys up. The Rockies have nothing. I mean, this is kind of you're. There's not another Arenado and Goldschmidt out there. You have to get uncomfortable. Yeah, looking at these teams, I just don't know. To your point, I just don't know. Like the Chicago White Sox, if we circle back to them, because the wheels are falling off there. I mean, with the stories coming out of the clubhouse, lack of leadership, lack yeah. of discipline, the the whole thing, like. They might just want a clean house after the. I mean, starting with manager, starting with everything, and then start cleaning out like players. They got a culture problem. They do, and I think that, although I know that Dylan Cease is kind of an unattainable player, they might liquidate everything almost to reboot the whole team, and in doing so, you might be able to, to swindle said player. Um, in, in a deal. I'm not saying it's possible, but yeah. I would call them. I would call them because they're trending in the wrong direction, like fast. And if I'm looking at their pitchers, like who else on that list? Nobody. <clears throat> Nobody. Tuki, Tuki uh, Toussaint is, yeah. is a, you know, he's 27 years old. He's a reclamation project. He's pitching well right now. But he's a reclamation project. Nobody wanted him. They picked him up midseason. He's, he's pitched fine. Everybody else, you know, Mike Clevenger, 
It's 32 year olds. He he is what he is. You know, would he be a five for you? Yeah. But there's nobody else. Michael, you know what? Actually, Michael Kopech, who right now he started off, he was struggling, and now he's starting to have a little bit of a bounce back. Michael Kopech might be one of those guys that you could circle. I, I, even for a Kopech, I wonder what the White Sox would want. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to find a dance partner. It's tough. That's that's our that's our point. You know, because we started off saying, "Is there a win-win He's trade out there for the Cardinals?" Say, so it's fine. Jamie, I'm trying to uh, partner up with you in this. This I, is a journey that you and I are both on. I don't feel like that, and I feel like a lot of people are like, "Hey, just make a trade." Okay, great. BK is willing to trade Dylan Carlson for Clark Schmidt. You on that bandwagon? No, I'm not. Young cost control outfielder for a 27-year-old pitcher who's okay? No, I'm not on that, but I know what he's trying to do. But it doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't make it. What he's doing is irresponsible and reckless. Quite honestly, it's and he's disappointing. A father he's, a, he's a new father. He's too. a new father. You'd think that he would be um, a little more cautious. Yeah. yeah. It's he's, a shame. He's really? reckless. Mm-hmm. Okay, who has uh, entered their crossroad seasons in the NFL? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Six one eight got me pretty good, Jamie. <laughs> we were just talking about what trades will not be available for the Cardinals this offseason. Go ahead, read what the six one eight and his genius mind had to say. <laughs> yeah, you and the crosshairs here, Anthony. Go for it. Um, you are right, Anthony. Why even try to make trades? Just settle into mediocrity. Which, of course, is not what I said. That's a that is a that is a drumbeat that he's got in his head. That's his oxygen every single day. Six one eight wakes up every day, and he's got a, he's got that drum beat constantly. My team doesn't care about me. My team doesn't care about me. I don't know what your parents did to you, but they did an absolute number on you, my man. You have I don't know if you felt loved or whatever, but you can't view the Cardinals as like your source of love. It ain't gonna work, man. I'm sorry. I didn't say stop trying. I said there's not a trade to be made. You never say anything, ever. You only say, oh, dude, stop trying. They don't care. I mean, what is your trade? You got to put yourself out there, dude. Give us something. Give us something. <laughs> like drink. It's like the Twitter tough guy here. Oh, Twitter tough guy. Or uh, text line tough guy here. He's bitching about the topics we picked out today. He's got nothing else to say. My man, what topics you... We'll talk about anything, home, homeboy. Like, whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. What do you want us to talk about? Your Cardinals suck. We'll talk about anything, dude. Please, you're talk suspended. to us. Yeah, you're done. That's it. Indefinitely. Talk to us, dude. What do you want to say? 618, my man. You never bring anything to the table. Ever. You never bring anything to the table outside of, my Cardinals don't love me. They're not trying. What's your trade? Oh, you don't have one. That's right. They don't. You don't have a trade. You don't have a trade scenario that you're going to throw out. 
I realize I'm not smart. I realize I'm not a genius. I realize that a lot of my takes aren't that good. Sorry. But I've got an opinion that's specific, that's detailed. 618, that drum beat constantly. The metro, metronome, is that what it's called? It yes. Goes back and forth. Cards suck. Cards suck. What's your trade? What's your trade? I would love to hear what your trade is that makes sense for the Cardinals that is realistic. <laughs> he has an answer for you. What do you got? His trade. Yeah. He's an auto body technician. It's the trade. That's pretty funny. I'll give him that. That's the funniest damn thing you've ever said. That's the most creative damn thing you've ever said. I will give you that. That's your trade. I think that's fantastic, dude. I will get. I'm, I'm going to do the slow clap thing. That's excellence. That was creative, man. That was funny. I love you, 618. I'm just going to say that. You know what the Phillies fans did to Trey Turner? I'm going to do that with the 618. I'm the only one that cares about you, 618. I'm the only one. Talk to me. I'm the only one that wants to be blunt with you. Everybody else wants to trade you for possums, not me. Well, Anthony. Was that me? That was you. That was me. Yeah. That's in the past, 618. I appreciate who you are as a human being. I think you are capable of more. Forget everybody else, 618. Just you and I talking real to real. Okay? I love you, man. Let's bridge this gap. Let's get on the same page. Mm -hmm. You two are at a crossroads in your relationship. We're at a crossroads in our relationship, and there's a lot of NFL players that could be at the crossroads as well. Wow. Marsh, what do you got? Which quarterback has entered his crossroads well season? Of course, last year we had Daniel Jones, who's at a crossroad in his career. He was either going to impress the new coaching staff or stink. Uh, turns out he did pretty good and got a contract out of it. So. Yeah. When we look at some of these quarterbacks this upcoming year, which QB is entering his crossroads season? Dak Prescott. Is he at a crossroad? I don't know. He hasn't won squat, and I feel like, you know. Well, you don't like my answer? Fine. He beat Tom Brady last year. Did he? Yeah. In the playoffs. All right. <laughs> no, he hasn't won much. You're right. I think Mac Jones is at a crossroads. Mac Jones last year. I get it. You're dealing with Joe Judge, and you're dealing with, you know, a defensive coordinator, essentially, and Matt Patricia as your OCs, as your play callers. They're designing your offense. That's tough. Bailey Zappi, who looks exactly like you and plays similar to you, had better performances than you a year ago. I think Mac Jones is at a crossroad. Now that he's got... A, a real OC that's coming in. Can he get back to not only what he was as a rookie, someone who could take the, take care of the ball, but can you do more now? You're in your third year, different offenses, which is certainly you know nothing that's going to benefit you in your career, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that deal with different offenses every single year. But Mac Jones is going to show something, I think. Even in a tough division, even in a tough conference, I think he's at a crossroads. Because at what point does Bill Belichick say, you know what, you ain't the guy? Hmm. We got so, a guy that looks just like you. We got a guy that looks just like you. 
acts like you. Hell, I thought he was you. That's why I put him in the game a couple of times last year. 100%. And I thought to myself, wow, that Mac Jones is in pro- Oh, wait, no, it's Bailey Zappi. Different guy. Yeah. Different guy. So I'll, I'll choose mm. Mac Jones in that. Would Justin Fields fall into this? Because everybody's hyping him up. I think he needs You're more development. Not. Huh? I think he needs more development. I think we're setting him up for failure. Okay, but he's... I hope. How many years has he been in the league now? This will be his third. Okay, so why is he not at a crossroads then? He and Mac Jones is. Because Mac Jones, I don't know what... I, when I look at Mac Jones, mm. I don't know what else he's... What he's what, what more he's capable of. So can you prove that? Like Justin Fields has not shown anything as a passer. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine that there there can be some development as a passer. I know that he he's a dynamic running quarterback. I know people will highlight like some of his highlight passes throughout the course of the year and say, see, he can do it. But overall in a season, when you're trailing in a game, are they still calling runs? Because that's what they did last year. Or because you get a little bit better of an offensive line, a little bit more weapons, can you develop as a as a passer? Mac Jones, I, I don't know what else is left. I kind of think he entered the the, the 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 league what he is. So can he prove? And that's why I think it's a crossroads season for him. Justin right. Fields, just my opinion. No, that's fine. He really hasn't had anything to work with. Whereas Mac Jones, he has Bill Belichick, who's one of the best coaches. Two defensive to- coordinators. As an offensive coordinator. And he is the guy that took over for the greatest quarterback to ever walk this earth in Tom Brady. Yeah. Listen, this is a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, it, Technically, it was Cam. He it was hasn't Cam really Newton. been set up for first. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he hasn't really been set up for success, though. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Which which player? Both? No, Mac Jones. Mac jo- well, both. Okay, both. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying, like, yes, he has Bill Belichick. It's full stop. That's it. Because he hasn't yeah. had a steady offensive coordinator. That's He's true. been learning on the fly. He has had very few to little weapons around him at all. Like, this is not the Patriots offense that they had in the early 2000s. And then since that point, this Patriots offense has gotten worse and worse and worse. The problem is that they were smoke and mirrored because they had Tom Brady that could mm-hmm. make Danny Amendola a household name. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, no matter who your Wes Walker was, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all these guys that nobody ever heard of were like top receivers. Well, they weren't, they weren't really. They had Tom Brady and they mm-hmm. had good play calling. Yeah. So I think they're Mac perfect. Jones, they're a perfect for Tom Brady. Yeah. Julian Edelman, Wes Walker, Danny Amendola. And Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. I know that's not hard to believe. <laughs> so no, nobody is. Uh, look, at, look at that guy. I agree he's at some kind of, some sort of a crossroads, but. I'm willing to give him a little more grace time here because this will be the first year he has a real offensive coordinator. That's good. Second. No, but that's good. Well, he had what's his name? Yeah, yeah, Josh. It's right. Uh, Real quick. Last year was a disaster. I chose Russell Wilson to basically resurrect his career. I think the first part of his career uh, were were good things. We we talked good about Russell Wilson. I think last year, hearing a little bit more about him off the field. Uh, you know, doing high knees and stuff on an airplane. Um, crazy. With Sean Payton coming in, I think this is the chance for Russell Wilson to basically win back the narrative. 
for what his career is. It's so, a good one. Uh, he is my uh, my pick. I did have Mac Jones on there as well. Uh, okay, uh, running out of time, but which team is at a crossroads entering 2023? I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I think that the hype has been real. Uh, they've been a very good team, but they haven't been able to do anything, really. I mean, they haven't been to a conference championship, have they? No. Not under S- not like Josh with, with this current. Right. Yeah. No. So for me, for me, it's Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are the perfect one. You got to get to a conference championship at least if you're Josh Allen. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. This is a stacked conference. It's a really good division. You may not win the division this year, but you've got a good team around you. And at some point, the window starts to close again for any team in any league, especially ones with with the the, the, the teams that got to deal with the cap. And you start paying a bunch of guys, start paying a quarterback, it's you limited to what you can do with the roster. Your roster gets worse in some respects. So, for me, it's the Buffalo Bills as well. I think it's a major crossroad season for them. I had two. I have, uh, surprisingly, I have the Vikings on there. Kirk Cousins is a free agent this upcoming year, so I wonder which direction they're going to go in terms of the quarterback. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson, he's going to be highly sought out wide receiver is a UFA in 2025. How are you going to construct that if you're still having Kirk on your team? Mm -hmm. You want to give him money? So uh, a little interesting thing there. And then from the Cowboys, I picked them as well. Uh, The coaching staff, what direction are they going to go in? Uh, They just obviously got a new offensive coordinator. Um, (laughs) Dak Prescott is still their quarterback. I don't think he's really that great. So We'll see uh, what they do this upcoming year. Of course, Jerry Jones is their owner and seems to mess everything up. <laughs> Going back to that Jerry Jones comment that you made in a previous segment, I wonder if it was Jerry Jones and his culture or, or if it was uh, um, Jimmy Johnson's culture that ended up leaving. Oh, it was and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's culture is what yeah. the Dallas Cowboys was. The it, 90s were Jimmy Johnson. Yes. Absolutely. Now, Barry Switzer did win one, too, but with Jimmy, with Jimmy Johnson's, Johnson's guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Cowboys were, you're right. I mean, so every, it's not Jerry Jones. No. You know, no. I, what I meant by Jerry Jones is he, he loves the Cowboys. For and sure. When he was the owner, whether he did it or not, he, he still hired Jimmy Johnson. For sure. Yeah. Right? So he's it, still directly, like, but it doesn't mean he made the decisions, but. Yeah. Jerry Jones, and this is just a very simplistic way to look at it, but Jerry Jones eventually was jealous that Jimmy was getting all the, the praise. Yeah. It was his team. He was the owner. But it was Jimmy Johnson's construction, which is what it was. And mm-hmm. I don't think Jerry Jones could deal with that. Mm-hmm. And now you see the current Cowboys for what they are. Jerry Jones is a, is a great owner, but he he needs that, hey, it's your team. It's your, it's your construction. It's your, you know, like, and he hasn't won since. Big problem. All right, Blues Cues are next. If you got a question, 314-399-9646 related to the Blues, send it in. However, Blues Cues next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. 
All right, you heard the man. Time for the the Blues Cues here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 314 is the Air Comfort Service text line. So if you got a Blues-related question, send it on in. What do you got, Marsh? All right, from the 314, what are realistic expectations for the Blues this year? Is it the playoffs, a high draft pick, lower finish in the standings, but development from Jordan Cairo slash Robert Thomas? Well, all of that. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think for the Blues this year, it's to make the playoffs. I don't. There's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs. The Central Division is not as strong as it once was. When you look at the Blackhawks and the Coyotes, they're they're both in full rebuild mode. The Predators are somewhat rebuild mode. Yeah. They got rid of a lot of high price guys. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, what are they? They're kind of stuck in the middle as well. The Minnesota Wild are going to be a competitive team. Dallas Stars, the Avalanche, but there's no reason the Blues can't compete for a playoff spot. So for me, that's that's the main goal for the playoff series. One, develop your young guys, find out what exactly you have, and make the playoffs. There's no reason you can't make the playoffs. Yeah, for me, if you if you stated either through words or actions that you're going to be doing a rebuild as opposed to a retool, then I don't think the playoffs are a reasonable expectation. But Doug Armstrong essentially said it, and he said it with his his moves last year, that this is a retool. So you're not going to bring back certain guys because you can't because of the cap situation, but you are bringing in you know, and making moves that are adding to your roster so that you can rebound from a year ago when you didn't make the playoffs. So I think bare minimum expectations make the playoffs. And then it's incumbent upon us to realize where they are in the conference and say, okay, they're behind this team. They're behind that team. They're Winning a playoff series might be, might be difficult. Not saying that they shouldn't or they should settle for mediocrity, but they should, bottom line, make the postseason. Yeah, and when I look at the moves Army made – you know, one he he draft he uses his draft picks used them wisely, but he went and acquired NHL talent too. You know reclamation projects in Verana and uh, Kapanen, but nonetheless they played well for this team down the stretch. I expect even bigger things from them next year. And Kevin Hayes, so you went and added three guys to your lineup to where you, you liquidated all those contracts that you weren't going to be able to keep those guys. Mm-hmm. You got something for them, and you also added NHL talent at the same time. Yeah. So this is a full retool, not rebuild. So, yes, playoffs are the expectation. We get a question from Amazon Grant. Who is going to be the leading power play scorer for the Blues this upcoming season? That was a question that we tried to get to the bottom of last year when you were trying to basically fill that spot that David Perron had yeah. two years ago. Yeah, it's got to be Robert Thomas. It has to be Robert Thomas because he's the guy that is going to be the quarterback per se. Yes, Tory Krug's up there, but Robert Thomas is the guy. Kairou, you know, he's a finisher. He's a goal scorer. He creates offense. But uh, overall, for this power play to be successful, Robert Thomas has to take it to another level. He's got to be the guy. He's a great playmaker. He's got very good goal-scoring ability. He's got great vision. So for me, that has to be Robert Thomas. Uh, there's a second choice. Who is it? Uh, Tory Krug. That's kind of where I was going. You know, Tory Krug, we, we know that Tory Krug is not by size, skill set, what Alex, you know, what what Alex Petrangelo was, and the fact that you know Tory Krug was 
kind of the pivot in some regards to losing Alex Petrangelo. I think there's th- those two players are probably tied together too much. But when you think about Tory Krug and just isolate him and keep him in a vacuum, one of his biggest attributes is his ability to quarterback the power play. So I think he's got to be the main cog there. Yeah, and we look at the power play points from last year. Uh, your top three guys are Cairo at 23 points, Thomas at 22, and Pavel Buchnevich at 21. And then you look on the defensive side of things, it's uh, Tory Krug at 14, Justin Falk at 10. Tory Krug has to have more points than 14 on the power play. He's got to be getting up into the 20, 25 points on the power play. Yeah. And the other guy's got to be around 30. Question from the 636, who is the next Ivan Barbashev on this team? Wow. Um, is that Sammy Blake? I was count? about to say, what about Sammy Blake? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was say I was thinking Sammy Blake right off right off the bat there. So. Yeah. yeah. Sa- Sammy Blake for me is that guy. Now he, his game, his all around game is not that of an Ivan Barbashev. Um, because you know, you're not gonna see Sammy Blake killing too many penalties out there. Uh, an outside candidate for this one could be Jake Neighbors. You look at Jake Neighbors, his skill set's very similar to Ivan Barbashev. Mm. He's got the capabilities of scoring 15 to 20 goals. He has the capabilities of getting on the four check. He can hit guys. Yeah. He can throw down if he has to. And he can also play a penalty kill. He's played on the penalty kill a little bit already. Craig Bruby's kind of like experimented with that. So maybe Jake Neighbors is also a, an Ivan Barbashev in the making. Last question here, very important question from the 636. What has to happen for the Blues to bring back the five goals for 25-cent taco promotion? <laughs> it's the only thing holding this team back. Hashtag, we want tacos. Not a bad thought. Yeah, I mean, um, <sighs> great. Yeah, they'll, just, uh, they'll need more offense uh, overall. Um, <laughs> yeah, more of a consistent goal scoring from You want more tacos. You need more scoring. Yeah. I mean, this team can score. Yeah, they can. They can score in bunches. Mm -hmm. They also can give up a lot of goals in bunches. So Mm. maybe we'll be seeing high-scoring games this upcoming So is it five? It's it's the Blues scoring five goals, Yes, when the Blues scored five back in the day, you get the, I think it was 35-cent tacos, actually, not 25-cent tacos. It's a great deal. If we we look at it here, let's just see, just for fun, because we're playing this game. We might as well have some fun with it. So goals four last year. Where do you think the Blues ranked in goals for? So goals scored in the entire NHL. Goals 12. 12. Ooh, I was going to say something similar around that. I'm going to go, I think that's the highest that they could be, but I'll say the lowest that maybe they could be is 17th. We got a winner. 17th. Oh, wow. Marshy. Yeah, 263 nice job, goals scored wow. last year. They gave up 301. Not great. Minus 38 to goal differential. But if we want tacos, this team can, can take us to the promised land. Nice. It's yes. a good call. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN, and we have your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus A's. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Gary Gaetti bobblehead. Text in now at 314-399-9646 to win Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals versus A's, but you also have to have the correct answer and be the the 101st texter to do so 
in order to get the Bud Bash tickets. Here's your question. With it, get, with it being a Gary Gaetti bobblehead night, Gary Gaetti won wor- one World Series. What year did he win a World Series? If you have that answer, again, text in 314-399-9646. And if you're the 101st texter with the correct answer, you're going to win Cardinals and A's Bud Bash tickets. Maybe that's when we get our possum, by the way, when the A's come to town. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I hope they've been feeding it. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of scraps around. I'm sure, too. It is Oakland. (laughs) It is the Oakland Coliseum. I meant it was like sports venue there's lots of food i didn't mean oakland what's your problem with oakland i said oakland Col- coliseum you're supposed to be a bay area guy too oh i guess i'm not then huh i don't sound like it well there you go remember this folks when jamie's spewing this crap about me being a bay area guy oh, spewing crap what is the state of college football a lot of uh a lot of just dark cloud this is ruining everything conference realignment is ruining everything is it? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. College football, there's been a, a lot of uh, kind of like some dark clouds over college football. Conference realignment has, has ruined things. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz with some very profound comments the, yesterday about how, hey, did we think about the student athletes when we were talking about conference realignments and how much they're going to have to travel and this and that. Great, great stuff from Eli Drinkwitz. I think it's uh, very heartfelt and some really good points there. I don't know what the solution is, and I don't think he, he was necessarily going to talk about any sort of solution, but Nonetheless, there's some really good points made there. I'm hearing a lot from college football fans. This is ruining college football. Tradition is being ruined. Jamie, if I may, uh, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this. Probably. Uh, probably, yeah. I'm willing to admit it, Jamie. I'm wrong about it. No, it's fine. Let's hear it. What everything. You, what do you got for us? Um, as long as they expand the playoffs, I don't think they're going to ruin anything. I'm going to further this conversation. I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Yeah. I don't think they care. <laughs> no, no, no. I they don't think don't. they care at all about your conferences. No. I don't think they care one bleeping minute. Do you care? About your realigning. Yeah. No, Do, I don't care at all. Okay, good. So I'm not I'm not alone on the island. I, I wasn't married to the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 or the Big you. Ten. Right. Yeah. Um, Either way, I think that uh, the college playoffs being expanded <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> I got you. Dude, I need a laugh. Man, you delivered that. Sure did. Wow. Um, yeah, so back to your point. <laughs> uh, expand the playoffs. I'm trying not to think of what you said just so I could stop. <clears throat> well, I just... Talking about the conferences. Yeah. Right? No, the conferences. Yeah. Yeah. So you weren't. No, it's conferences. Yeah, you didn't care. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Care but, about the teams. Of course. Yeah, you, you care about the top teams playing each other for a chance for a, a title, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't care about who plays in what conference. Right. 
did your team make the playoffs? I'll be watching them then. Mm-hmm. And I'll be watching for the big games. And I'll be watching all uh, October and November, especially November, when these games really matter. Really matter. You can't talk to me about tradition and we're ruining this and that and this and that and the conference around when you are scheduling some of the teams that you're scheduling either at the start of the year or the beginning of the year. I made this point the other day. If you look through college, and I'm talking about the last couple of years in college football, you could look on a college football Saturday and really pick out about two games that were really intriguing. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy for your sport. You know what's killing college football? Not enough intrigue. It's not conference realignment. It's you scheduling games that don't matter for half your schedule. That's what matters. I, I don't care about a conference matchup against a dog bleep team. And too many of those games... We're winding up on the big boy schedule. Georgia, half their schedule, even in the SEC, you could throw out because you know it's going to be 55-3 to by the second quarter. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch. What's the intrigue? If you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, that's fantastic. You're out there. You're in between the hedges. You're, wearing, you know, you're dressed up. you got your college shirt on. The girls are in the sundresses and all that. I've, I've done, I've done the, the Georgia Athens game. It's awesome. It's a great experience. I saw Georgia win that day 72 to 3 over Vanderbilt. Mm. You need more intrigue. And if conference conferences have to realign so that you get more intrigue, hey, guess what? I'm all in. Now I realize it's not going to solve all of the issues in college football. I realize that Georgia's still going to have some bad opponents on it, and Alabama's still going to have some bad opponents on their schedule. But at least we're drawing a little bit closer to what what the sport should be. I mean, come on. Some Saturdays last year, one game, you kind of got to squint. Like, oh, I'm kind of somewhat halfway into that. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I can see that. Everything else is just, it's not good. I'm with you. I've said that forever. And expand the damn playoffs, Jamie. Being a casual college football fan, very casual, I don't even turn the TV on when I see games that are just lopsided. It's pointless. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't right. find anything of value. At all right. in watching it. Right. What would you say about the teams that are not going to, let's say, the Big Ten? That, yeah. And I'm not saying these teams are good right now, but they could potentially end up having a good program yeah. later down the road. However, they're not playing the big teams because they're not in the same conference. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of get overlooked in a sense, when it comes to the college football playoff. I know it is expanding, mm-hmm. but what would you say about those teams now that they don't have the right yeah. opponents to play to make themselves, to, to, to essentially prove to the rest of the country that they are a good football team? I would ask you, Marsh, and I think it's a great point. But because I, when they do scheduling, they do scheduling sure. years in advance. Right. It's, a, it's an excellent question. I would I would ask you this, though. How much then do things actually change? Because that has been the issue for UCF. That mm-hmm. has been the issue up until two years ago with Cincinnati. And boy, you had your shot, didn't you? Yeah. Now and that you and you got 
yeah. you know, run through the table. Yeah, their quarterback is actually quarterbacking your favorite NFL team. The right quarterback now. in that game, Desmond Ritter, did all he could. I don't remember for that. Cincinnati. I don't think so. Did all he could. You know, <laughs> maybe kid took guts to even step on the field that day. It wasn't, wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. But it, it not so that part is a problem. But I don't think when you're looking at where we're at now in college football, that much mm-hmm. has changed in that regard. So you think that problem that I just brought up, essentially what we talked about yesterday, it's on the on a laundry list of problems. Yes. It's literally at the bottom. Because yes. the NCAA doesn't care about that team. Correct. They care about all these other teams, the Michigans, the Ohio mm-hmm. States, the Alabamas, the Georgias. They want to make sure that these conferences yes. are the powerhouses. It's entertainment at the end of the day. Which I can get behind because I've been, like Jamie, a casual college football fan over the past few years. Mm-hmm. I think when I was younger in high school, I cared a lot more than I do now, just because like. And why is that? I I don't I I don't I don't I don't I have no idea. I don't know why. Maybe it was because I had other interests in things. I couldn't tell you why, but maybe that's part of the reason. I think the la- the the first like full game that I watched last year was the Tennessee Alabama game. Mm-hmm. I actually sat down and watched that game. Maybe it's because the guy with the Alabama pants came up to us oh, yeah. on our live show and told us to watch the game, so then I did. Oh, but that's right, he did, that didn't guy? he? Yeah, we're, we're, we're out in Belleville? I forget. I think so. Boy, he was passionate that day. He was yeah. like, you guys got to talk more Alabama football. And then... We're at Max, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Yeah. I think. In Alton. No. No, no, we no, 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 no. I'm sorry, Belleville, yeah. Oh, we're at uh, Copperfire. Yes, Copperfire. Copperfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alabama pants. Boy, he was nice, but he was very determined to get us to talk more Bama football. And uh, and then his Bama team lost to Tennessee that day. But that was a great game. Yeah, day after. That was a great game. Like that is what made me be like, okay, I need to lock in now for the rest of this year. Can you remember five great games last year? Non playoffs. Five great game non playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, we'll use that one. I think the Mizzou-Georgia game was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, unfortunately, Mizzou did yeah. not win that game. Um, man, TCU, at the end of the year when they hit a field goal, I think they defeated, was it Oklahoma State? It was either, ba- I think it was Baylor. It was Baylor, that's right. I thought that was a, a good ending. Mm-hmm. Um it's tough. It's, it's it tough to like go back and really think about it. I know I'm sure but there definitely were more than if five. I asked if I asked you for some NFL great games, I think you can rattle those off a little quicker. Vikings, I think this Bills, is this is Vikings, my... Colts. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> oh my goodness! Of course. <laughs> Anyways, I think I think that as long as college the college football, as long as college football expands the playoffs mm-hmm. and brings more intrigue uh, each and every Saturday. I don't think the conference conferences matter as much. That might just be me. All right, gauntlet time here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
1204. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Salter. Marsh, who do we have today in we the gauntlet? We have Nick. Nick is our newest gauntlet contestant. What's up, Nick? How's it going, guys? We're doing great. Uh, first time in the gauntlet? First time on the gauntlet, yeah. All right, well, right. hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Congratulations on getting in. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or the Anthony Stalter? Let's go with Jamie. Jamie Rivers it is. Okay. All right, Nick. Well, good luck, my man. Good luck to you too, sir. Thank you. All right, Nick, you chose who you wanted to fight against. The wheel will choose your destiny. Tell Marsh to spin that wheel, please. Spin that wheel. All right, Nick. What do you not want to see? Random. <laughs> what do you want to see? Baseball, baseball, or football, or hockey? One of the three. Maybe not hockey with Jamie. It's probably baseball. Wow. Marsh, you can. <laughs> Marsh, you literally just went. Wow. Oh <laughs> man. I mean, like a millimeter. Yeah. Maybe it was. It was all random. All random. Okay. At the very last second, it hit baseball. So oh, did it really? Yes, wow. your category is baseball today. So I'll give Marsh the launch codes here. Four questions to you today, Nick. Four questions. Same four questions to Jamie. Each question is worth two points. Unless you need the options, those questions are worth one point. Sound good? Yep, let's do it. All right, four baseball questions. Here we go. Nick, question one. The Cardinals retired number 14 for which player? The Cardinals retired number 14 for which player? What are the options? Ted Simmons, Dizzy Dean, Ken Boyer. Ken Boyer. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. According to baseball reference, who currently leads the cards with a 2.8 war this season? War this season. Oh, man. Let's... uh... Uh, what are the options? Is it Lars Newpar? Nolan Arnado. Or nice. Nolan Gorman? So Nolan Gorman, final answer. Question three, Nick. Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? Uh, let's go with Goldschmidt. Final answer. Question number four. Which Cardinals pitcher is the only player on the Cardinals' current 40-man roster born in Mexico? 40-man roster born in Mexico. Uh, give me the options. Options are Guillermo Zuniga, Giovanni Gallegos, or Jojo Romero. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos. Final answer. Okay. Bringing in Jamie. Nick, how you feeling? Uh, not great, but maybe Jamie won't feel as good either. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll see here. So Jamie's going to make his way back in from the cone of silence right now. He's on the uh, he's on the hop here. Jamie. Yeah. How was the cone of silence? It was great. Mike Ryder's been on vacation for uh, what? About a week now. It's good to see that kid. It's nice to have him back and yeah. talking and just, you know, breaking things down. How'd my guy Nick do? Well, you better pack a bleeping lunch. All right. <laughs> Let's party. Jamie. Anthony. Your category today. 
is baseball. I love baseball. Question one. Yeah. The Cardinals retired number 14 for which player? The Cardinals retired number 14 oh, yeah. for which player? Okay. Uh, options, please. Ted Simmons, mm. Dizzy Dean, Ken Boyer. Ted Simmons. Final answer. Question number two, according to baseball reference, who currently leads the cards with a 2.8 war this season? 2.8 war. Hmm. Hmm. Options. Lars Newtbar. Nolan Arenado. Or Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman. Final answer. Question number three, Jamie. <laughs> These are things I have no idea about. <laughs> Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? Hmm. Boy, if he'd been here all year, it would have been Taylor Motter. Um, <laughs> but uh, damn right. Who leads the team in games played? That's a really tough question. You go to the outfield, and they've all been injured at some point. Tommy Edmonds been injured. Brendan Donovan injured. Nolan Arenado. Eh, Goldie. I think it's Arenado or Goldie. Which one's been off his feet more, though, Anthony? I'll go with Nolan Arenado. Final answer. Question number four. Which Cardinals pitcher is the only player on the Cardinals' current 40-man roster born in Mexico? Oh my. Uh, Pitcher, like from the whole staff or starting rotation? Which one, What was the question? Which Cardinals pitcher is the okay. only player on the Cardinals' current 40 man uh, roster born in Mexico? Like, you got Gio Gallegos. I don't know where he's from. I can't remember. Jojo Romero. I feel like that guy could be the guy. Um, I feel like I gotta shoot my shot here. I'll go with JoJo Romero. Final answer. I don't feel good at all, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I don't feel good at all. You never know. I've, I've got that feeling in my stomach, like you sucked really bad. Today. I got a feeling. Yep. Tonight's gonna be a bad time. Tonight I'm gonna need to drink. Let's see. All right. Oh yeah. Question number one. That's yeah. every night. Nick versus every day that ends in Y. Jamie. The Cardinals retired number 14 for which player? Jamie, you took the options. You went Ted Simmons. Mm. Nick, you took the options. You went Ken Boyer. Correct answer is Ken Boyer. Nick up 1 0. I disagree. According to baseball <laughs> reference, who currently leads the Cardinals with a 2.18, I'm sorry, 2.8 war this season? Nick, with the options, you said Nolan Gorman. Jamie, with the options, you said. Nolan Gorman. Correct answer is Lars Newbar. Lars Taylor, Tetsuya Newbar, the grinder himself. Willie Mays himself. Absolutely. <laughs> I was on uh, Twitter yesterday and I went on the search bar. What? And on that search Twitter. bar, right here on this computer, it said Lars Newbar, Barry Bonds, oh, all yeah. within the same yeah. first three years of playing. Yeah. Who, yeah. who the hell was looking that up? There's a Newbar, Willie, Willie Mays. Mays. I saw the Willie that Mays one. one. Yeah. Like, Same player. Okay. Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> I run like. But you hit like. All right, 1-0 Nick. 
Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? We'll tell you after this question. Which Cardinals pitcher Ugh. is the only player on the Cardinals' current 40-man roster born in Mexico? Jamie, you went with Jojo Romero. <laughs> Nick, you went with Giovanni Gallegos. Correct answer is... It's old Gio himself, I thought Giovanni that was, Gallegos. I, thought, I overthought that. It was my gut feeling was Gio. Then I was like, it's too obvious. Nick's up 2-0 because he, he did need the options on that. It comes well, down to this, gentlemen. I'm screwed. Who on the Cardinals roster leads the team in games played this season? Neither of you needed the options on this one. Both of you, actually, both of you did not need the options. You had different answers, though. Mm. So this is how it's going to work out. If it's Paul Goldschmidt, who was Nick's answer, Nick is going to win in an absolute blowout today. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to pitch a shutout. Yeah, thanks, Anthony. If it's Nolan Arenado, though, Jamie would have tied Nick on the only question he got right in the gauntlet. And we (laughs) are going to head to a walk-off. Nick. You have chosen wisely. It was Paul Goldschmidt. Arnado is second. Ah! Nolan Gorman is third. Nick is up 1-0 in the gauntlet after winning 4-0 today over Jamie. I'll take that any day. Nick, you wanted baseball. You got baseball, and you you absolutely hammered it. You got three out of the four questions correct. Nice job, man. I appreciate that. Hey, it was a lot closer than it looked, okay, Anthony? (laughs) Jamie, it wasn't. (laughs) Nick, Uh, good job, buddy. Hi. All right, Nick, we'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sound good? You'll play either Marsh or myself. All right, guys. Looking forward to it. Have a good evening. You too. Thanks, everybody. All right. Jamie. I just got absolutely fist pumped. You know, yeah. No, I, I felt <laughs> no, not a good one, Marcy. No, <laughs> no. I felt like uh, almost from the start, you were you were just. It's almost like you didn't feel it today, or he, something. He was distracted. Mike Ryder had him distracted. Yeah, that's true. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, it, to be honest, two of those questions are way out of my wheelhouse when it comes to retired numbers, mm-hmm. and then war and things like that. I'm like, I mean, I look at that stuff, but I don't study it daily. We talk about the Cardinals, but I don't talk about war daily. So I, I was like, this is not a good start. You're fine. No, it, it is what You'll it is. Back. I thought Arenado had more games than Goldie. Yeah, I knew they were right there. Yeah. What's the difference between them? Do we know? We don't know. Way to mm. go, guys. Thanks. We don't. You know, now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Yeah, sorry. I think you will. No, I don't feel that way. It's a fact. Okay, I'm just saying no, sorry. Why stop. does every time? Why do I? Why do I have to be sorry that you feel that way? Why can't I just say sorry? He just stop right where you're at. Just stop. I did. I did. I didn't say the rest of the part. You too. Do you want to land the plane, Marsh? Or I mean, I told him I wouldn't. Okay. What is the risk-reward when looking at uh, the open market for the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. You feel that way. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Because there's like seemingly like 13 different guys that are all like 
roughly comparable starting pitchers. You can also just sort of sit back and be like, ah, the 13, we think these three four fit the best. And then all of a sudden one of them gets, you know, crazy overheated bidding and they go for twice what you think they're worth. You can also just kind of sit back and wait for them because like the last guy in this group uh, is like Sonny Gray, Marcus Stroman, Flaherty, and Lorenzen. And the top guys are like Snell, Yamamoto, and Nola in my mind. And like, I don't feel like expectations for those guys year to year are like wildly different. So it's Kylie, Kylie McDaniel on the risk reward when it comes to looking at the market. He was on with BK and Ferrario. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. So the Cardinals, they've got a bit of a rough track record when it comes to signing free agents in the offseason. We, and we know this. We've detailed this. However, this year they seemingly have no choice. They're going to have to go to the market. They're going to have to risk signing somebody now we can all agree that they need to look at the top guys and Aaron Nola and Blake Snell it'd be nice if they at least entertain the idea of you know hey Shohei Otani do you want to live in the Midwest uh play for the old birds on the bat at least you heard Matt Holiday call him at least make the phone call right so do we believe that Mo and company will get the right guy well here's where here's where my question marks pop up is once the obvious choices are gone, what's their pivot? Right. And I think that that's where, if nothing else, I think that's where there was a miss last offseason. So if the Cardinals, who are rumored to have been in on Carlos Rodon, if Carlos Rodon isn't there again this year, not mm-hmm. him, the player, but that type of player, does it end up the same way again? Right. Because last year the pivot was what? What was the pivot from you Carlos Rodon? You didn't have one. You didn't have one. The pivot was Internal. we'll just go with what we have. Yeah, we got yeah. six. We got six guys for right. the five man rotation. No, right. he didn't. He had two, mm-hmm. maybe three, but that's it. So, I think that's the that's the biggest question for me is once the the uh, the big names or the the ones that we're talking about the for sure's are gone. What's the pivot? Mm-hmm. And can they, can they pivot or do they just go? Oh, well, we didn't expect that. You can't do that two years in a row. No, you can't. I think there's actually a pretty big pool that they can swim in this year. The problem is they're they're not going to get an ace unless it's Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, or Shohei Otani. But I have detailed this when it comes to the MLB free agents, Jamie. I think that there's a handful of guys that make a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Sonny Gray. I've talked I've talked about him. He just shoved against you recently. I talked about him beforehand. Kenta Maeda is having himself a really good year. Somebody that's not going to break the bank, but is going to be definitely better than what what you had this year. And somebody that can, you know, pitch in the middle of your rotation and, and pitch very well. Uh Lucas Giolito is has not pitched well for the Angels in two starts, but you know, he's he's somebody with with plenty of upside. I don't think you're going to get Julio Urias coming off a down year. The Dodgers probably, you know, will do their best to lock him up, but Julio Urias would make a lot of sense. If Marcus Stroman opts out of his player option, Marcus Stroman would be somebody that I think the Cardinals should be interested in. There's more starters this year that I think are intriguing than were on the free agent market last year, Jamie. Those are a couple of names. Some other ones that would at least would at least be interesting. Eduardo Rodriguez, he's a, he's got an opt out for eighteen mil. If he hits the open market, he has pitched well this season. There are guys that are, you know, that that could be viewed as reclamation projects that have pitched well in the past that are having terrible seasons. 
Carlos Carrasco would fit into this category. Luis Severino was going to be an ace for the Yankees. Injuries wrecked him. He is having a dreadful season. If the Cardinals were to sign him, the text line, I'm sure, would fill up with, this guy's got a six-something ERA. Yes, he does. But he's also somebody that has pitched at the top of a rotation at one point. Can the Cardinals bring him in, iron out some of the issues, and he he could have a bounce, bounce back year next year on a one-year deal, mind you, which I don't think the Cardinals should be above. I don't think you need to sign guys for four or five years. You can look at it and say, if that year, if that one year doesn't work out, see ya. If that one year does work out, you know who you got, Jamie? Cody Bellinger, which is what the Cubs did this past year. I don't think they should be afraid of one-year deals. James Paxton is another guy that that could be good for two years for you. You need an ace. Aces are tough to come by. Yeah, you may have to develop that ace. In the meantime, it doesn't. You shouldn't. If even if you don't get an ace this offseason, Jamie, it doesn't give you the excuse to do what you've done the last two years, which is mail it in with your starting rotation and not be active in free agency. There's plenty of guys that are going to be on the open market that make a lot of sense, in my opinion. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I, I'm I'm steadfast on the belief that the Cardinals have to be have to be in on the discussions for Nola or Snell. Otani would be great, but let's just be serious for a second. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. They've got to get one of those two guys. Yeah. Now, that depends on the players too. Hmm? But that's where we're starting for me. Uh sign me in. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're going to do biggest threats in the NFL. So, for example, the biggest threat to the Chiefs defending their, their title, the biggest threat to the Eagles to defending their NFC crown, the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the Minnesota Marshy's Minnesota Vikings when it comes to the division. We're going to do biggest threats next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Question for the Sports Six Pack. You can always send it in right now. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, 314-399-9646. You can also reach us on our YouTube channel, which is at 101 ESPN STL. There's a comment section there. You can participate that way. If you want to leave us a question for the Sports Six Pack, which is coming up in about 10 minutes. Right now, though, we have got biggest threats when it comes to the NFL. So, for example, guys, the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs defending their Super Bowl championship title. What do you, who do you think that is? Or is it just an injury to Patrick Mahomes? What do you think? In the AFC? All of the NFL. Oh, the NFL. Well, Anthony, that's a lot of teams. Yeah. It's a lot of teams. Who's number one? Who's the number one biggest threat? Oof. I think if Joe Burrow is healthy for the Bengals, I think it's still the Bengals. The Bengals have had... I, I'm not going to say they've had the, the Chiefs number, but they have been very competitive with Kansas City. They have been, they have not been uh, fearful to go into Arrowhead. 
They beat them the one year at Arrowhead in the conference championship game. Nearly beat them a year ago in the title game. They they play Kansas City extremely well. And they've got great coaching. And, of course, when Joe Burrow is healthy, yeah. uh, the weapons that they have offensively, I think it's still the Cincinnati Bengals and not necessarily uh, the Eagles who had Kansas City on the ropes there for a while in the Super Bowl. So Bengals for me. Yeah, I don't see another team. I just don't. I mean, Bills Mafia might disagree with me, but they still have they're still in prove it mode for me. I would agree with you. I think it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I can't I can't pick anybody else until that team decides to to take down the Bengals. The Bengals are that second team. And until they get overthrown, you know, none of those other teams that I you know that can overthrow the Chiefs, so it has to be the Bengals. Even though Joe Burrow is dealing with an injury right now. Yeah. He'll be fine. Uh, who is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? Biggest uh, threat to the Eagles crown in the NFC? Uh, the 49ers for me. And of course, that that's lies solely on the arm of Brock Purdy. Uh, well, and Trey Lance to see, you know, what what's his development like. So the quarterback position is the turning point for that team because they have everything else. Mm-hmm. They have the coaching, they have the offense, they get the defense. So for me, it's a no-brainer, 49ers. Marsh, you also taking the 49ers on this one? Yeah, I oh, mean. Oh, wow. Are you going to the Vikings? No. Or? God, no. no. <laughs> um, Come on. You never know. I see. I didn't. I didn't come up with the team. I, I think the Eagles are still the clear-cut favorite. Yeah, but um, who's the threat? Who's the I, biggest threat, Marsh? I put Brian Johnson, their new offensive coordinator. Can what? what? Can he did step he not in? Understand and, the question. I did understand the question, this but the, I put you know all the, my the, own you know what spin this on it. It's the Shohei Otani conversation. <laughs> they lost their offensive coordinator. Can Brian Johnson, who's been with the team for I think three years now. Can he step in and, and keep that offense doing what they did best last year? But I guess if there was a team, I guess I'll pick the 49ers. <laughs> I guess I'll pick the 49ers, even though they always do really well and end up not making it to the Super Bowl. Hey, they made uh, it to the Super Bowl yeah, one year. I guess they did a few times. but They're a Jimmy Garoppolo to uh, what's-his-face's you know, complete, complete pass for winning it. Wasn't a, what was it, Mustard? Raheem Mostert? No, no. The guy that dropped the ball? Oh, yeah. That was the next year. What was his name in the NFC Championship game? They hit the defensive back, like, right in the chest. Oh, that was Jaquiski Tart. <laughs> Tart. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, was, yeah. that was the right yeah. it, <laughs> it hit him so hard in the chest, it scared Sweet him to tart. death. Yeah. I feel bad for that guy. Why? There's still seven and a half minutes left in that game. It's not like they make they, a like, catch, that was it. Buddy. Everyone remembers his name. Make a catch. Everybody remembers <laughs> except for me. Name. It absolutely is the 49ers, by the way. They got the best front seven in the NFC. It, it's hard for me to pick them though, because I think Why? the Seahawks Why are going it? to are gonna make some noise in, in that division this year. Yeah, you're all about Who the, the hell's your quarterback? Geno Smith. No, I know that. <laughs> We're relying on Brock so. Purdy. Yes. We're crowning him that he's a NFL just great quarterback, one of the top ones in what the league. What is he what has he showed you at the NFL level that would lead you to believe that he's not capable? I don't know, maybe like, I'd like to see if he can Justin throw a football. Fields because Justin Fields running all over the place, right? I'd like but to Brock see if he Purdy's can still a, throw a football. But Brock Purdy's got a lot to prove. Like Justin Fields, MVP candidate. We're just running all over the place. Can't Let's throw look the at ball, their team. We got Christian McCaffrey, who can never stay healthy. We have Debo Samuel, who can never stay healthy. We've had one good season of Brandon Ayuk. 
You were just hyping up Brandon Ayuk. Really you were being realistic. He Come just on. said he was like one of the best receivers. The tandem. Like I Debo did Samuel. say that. Yeah. But what has Kyle Shanahan shown you? He's shown he me. Won, he won he with can have a really Jimmy good team G. That He's can't won get with Matt done. Ryan. He has won with Brock Purdy. Hell, he, he won with... Uh, Who's the Browns quarter? The journeyman Browns quarterback. Kirk Cousins in Washington, too. He did have Kirk Cousins in Washington. Maybe I'll reconsider. Come on, man. You don't have to believe in Brock Purdy, but you can believe in Kyle Shanahan. I don't believe in that team. Wow. Brian Johnson's my answer. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. The biggest threat to the Bills in the AFC East. This is such a wild card because... What's what's Miami? Like, is Football Tua, team yeah, and a city. You're right. It's a beautiful city too. At that, but what is what is Miami with Tua Tungavaloa under center? Like, is he is he healthy? Can he pick up where he left off before? If he can, I think it's the Dolphins. Um, if he if he can't for whatever reason, I just don't know. I'm not sold a hundred percent on the Jets, yeah. and I feel like the Patriots are lying in the weeds here. Bill O'Brien back as the offensive coordinator. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick. I feel like they're lying in the weeds, but are they really? I don't know. I say it's the Dolphins. I have the Jets. Okay. (laughs) You got a believer, Anthony. I have the Jets. I thought he was going to go with, uh, like... Ken Dorsey. Or Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I think the Bills' biggest threat is their stadium. <laughs> it's they play outdoors. They play outdoors. It's it's the weather, Anthony. It's Bill the Bison that they use for the mascot. It's the kicker that missed that field goal Scott. thirty years ago. It's the curse of Scott Norwood. Wide right. All right, go ahead. You say you're a big believer in the Jets. Yeah. You love the Jets. Yes, yes, Jets. I did not say I love them, but. Uh, <laughs> I do think they're the biggest threat. I again, Tua, can he stay healthy? Um, that's a big question mark. If he can, then that team definitely can can win some games and they can score for sure. Uh, but I think the Jets are better than the Pats, and uh, I just I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of hoopla surrounding them this off season, so I'm going to go with them. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm with Jamie on this. I agree. It's the Dolphins. And I think there's so much focus on the offense that we're we're overlooking that the Dolphins' defense is going to be really good. No Jalen Ramsey, though. Jaylen, losing Jalen Ramsey certainly hurts. They've got the best front seven in football. I think they're better. They're, they're slightly better than the Eagles in that regard. They're, they hired... Um, they hired uh, their new defensive coordinator. Jeez, why do I forget his name? They're, uh, or the coordinator is Josh Boyer, excuse me. So when it comes to like the talent that they have on defense, I think that is an overlooked aspect. If McDaniels can kind of figure out, McDaniel could kind of figure out how to mix the run in a little bit more, play more of a time of possession game, you don't have to try to outscore everybody by 40. If he could do that, he could save his defense. I think that defense is going to be really good. I think the Dolphins are the biggest threat there. Who's the biggest threat to the Jaguars in the AFC South? Uh, I don't know. That's no. this might be the top. It's got to be the Titans. It's got to be Titans for me. Got to be. You got Derrick oh, Henry. You have a chance. Those other teams stink. And you got DeAndre Hopkins. What about the Colts? They stink. What about the Texans? Double stink. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with the Texans just for fun. C.J. Stroud. They get Tamiko Ryan's. 
What is it with you and the Texans this year? I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of rooting for them this year because everybody thinks that they're just going to be terrible. Well, what if they're not? <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. It's a new. It's just a new start for them. Yeah. Fresh beginning. Vic Fangio. That's what I thought. Vic Fangio is their. That's what I was trying. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of Vic Fangio's name. It's not Josh Boyd. Vic Fangio. Idiots. Vic Fangio is their new defensive coordinator. Completely like the the hamster Jamie got he got drunk. He must have tripped on himself. Tripped on himself. He fell off the wheel. There's yeah. nothing. The hamster got so far off the wheel mm-hmm. inside my dome. He just they didn't no effort to get back on the wheel. Probably saw a few geese walking across Probably the road. Probably got distracted. Just turning cameras Vic around and doing whatever the heck he wants. Then <laughs> yeah. he was hammered. He gave me the wrong name. Yeah. Come on, hamster. Did you say Michael Poyer? No, it's a Josh Boyer. Oh, okay. Ken Boyer, the Cardinals retired his number. They did. We, we learned that a few, okay. a few seconds ago. Anyways, yeah, it's Houston. I think it's the Texans. And finally, who's the biggest stretch of the Vikings in the NFC North? I think it's the Packers, who everybody's sleeping on. The threat to the Lions? No, to the Vikings, who are the AFC, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry the NFC North division champions. Yeah, defending champs. It's absolutely the Lions. Bottom line. Oh, Rory and the gang, huh? Yep. I mean, team-wise, it's the Lions, but we all know it's themselves. Oh, my God. It is! Kirk Cousins. No, I, if there's a tier list on on how do, how do the Vikings beat themselves, Kirk Cousins is definitely below the defense. True. He's definitely below the defense. So. I like Brian Flores. I do, too. Who is their defensive coordinator. Thank you, Hamster. Came up with that one quickly. Where were we on Vic Fangio? Anyways. All right. That's your sports six-pack here on 101 ESPN. I'm sorry. That's your uh, your biggest stretch. we got the sports six-pack coming up next. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, that wasn't a big deal. I looked down. I saw the sports six-pack. I was going to tease it. Let's Hamster's calm down. Let's, kill, let's calm down a little Hamster bit. Hamster needs a mix in a water. I'll give you the Vic Fangio one. Coffee and sleep it off. I looked down. I saw a sports six-pack. Take it easy. Sports six pack is next. Everybody relax. Are we sure? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports Six Pack in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, guys, from Text Line Tough Guy, my question Whoa. for the Blues 2024 season is would you rather have a baseball team that spends a bunch of money or a team that doesn't spend a bunch of money? I can't wait for the answer. Mm. <laughs> I just want a team that wins. Same. Don't don't care how they do it. Yeah. Unlike uh certain texters, I care about mm. our teams. Yeah. I want to win. Very I true. just don't want to see them lose. Yeah. We got a couple mm. of texters, uh, one in particular that just wants the Cardinals to lose. Because mm. it uh, fulfills his negative, Soul. you know. Spirit. Mm. Yeah. Soul and spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for this texture specifically, 
Coming up in 15 minutes, we will break down, of course, what the Mexican ping pong team is doing nationally. They're having a good run. Certainly have. Mm -hmm. They got that one guy. Mm -hmm. He's playing playing those ping pongs better than anybody. Have you guys been keeping up on the the professional pillow boxing, pillow fight boxing? Yeah. I've seen Mm -hmm. it on ESPN too. Yeah. There's one guy named Turbo. Mm. Forgot his last name. Maybe the text. Johnson. I don't I don't know if it was that. I think it was something Um, else. Yeah. Turbo Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, hard worker. By the way, Italy up on Oregon right now, four to three. In the uh, LL Soft World Series, it's an elimination game, ages ten to twelve. <laughs> Bottom yeah. of the second. If they, if if Oregon doesn't get better pitching, especially in the later innings, guys, they're going to lose to Italy here in this elimination game. Ruby Modern looking like she's going to drop down a bunt here. Mm-hmm. It's a big at bat. All pulls nah, out of it. Wow. Pulled back though, not hmm. good, not good. All right. So we'll keep you updated on that, and of course, every sport known to man. For uh, for you on the text line that is demanding that we talk different sports. Yeah, Turbo Tarabi is his name. Men's Pillow Fight ah. Championship, the PFC. Uh, I wonder if Brad knows anything about the PFC. I know he's been real big into sure bowling, professional bowling, but uh, mm-hmm. the Pillow Fight Championships, Turbo Tarabi. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. interesting. Double T, they call Question them. number two. They certainly do. Uh, speaking of that. They don't call uh, him low T. They call him double T. Yeah. Ah. Speaking of the uh, the fan that wants his team to lose, uh, we got a text from the six one eight Anthony. You actually challenged the six one eight to come up with a trade scenario. Oh, did he give us one? He did. We actually nice. got a few of them. So ah, the Cardinals and, right, and he good. used the 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 trade generator uh-huh. that you and I used as well. Oh yeah, you guys uh, agree with that? So <laughs> the cards I actually did the research. The cards get Brian Wu. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I never. My brain was mush. Yes, that is true. I threw out, just an aside before we get to the 618 trade scenarios here, which I, I appreciate him sending. I did challenge him. He came through. But Jamie, Jamie that day, I had I, I had said, hey, if you want to come up with a couple of different trades, and Jamie started to shake. Yeah. Like, he, was, the, he was he was shaking like uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong, Jamie? What's wrong, big guy? Yeah. And he goes, I have, I. have. it took me 12 hours to come up yeah. with one trade with one team and you're like I'm, i can't come up with another one it's like okay man don't worry about it but remember you started like he looked like bolts he looked like dr strange and in infinity yeah he's coming up with 14 million different options i don't know what that is but yes i worked through i don't even know how many teams minor league systems mm-hmm. and prospects by the time it was done i was done i almost couldn't get on the show i, I almost <laughs> i had seen so many pitchers and their scouting reports and all this crap that I, I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I gave you my best. I thought it was a good trade. The Cardinals didn't listen. Yeah. But nonetheless. We almost lost we almost lost Jamie for the full show mm-hmm. before the show started. You yeah. guys absolutely lost me the entire show while we were still oh, there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, J- Marsh didn't say anything. All right, anyways, go ahead. Anyways, the uh, the trade. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Wu. Yep. Uh, the Mariners get Alec Burleson. No. Cooper Jerpy. No. Tyler O'Neill. Is it Connor? I think it's Connor. Tyler O'Neill and Juan Yepes. Okay, so let's break this down. Tyler O'Neill caught what, just one more year left of Tyler O'Neill, an injury-prone player. 
Juan Yepes is nothing. Like the, he's a human being, so I don't want to say he's nothing. But he's he's been terrible this year. He hasn't. He's, he barely cracked the big league roster once this season. Jerpy is the Cardinals now, I think, seventh or eighth best pitching prospect. And Alec Burleson, who you should be able to find in any organization. For Brian Wu, a young cost control pitcher. I would, If I'm the Mariners, I'm saying, so basically what I'm getting out of that is Burleson, who is a DH, and Jerpy, who is not one of your better pitching prospects at the moment. Because Juan Yepes and Tyler O'Neill to me doesn't count. So that's what I'm getting, and I'm giving you a young cost. Like, Brian Wu's 23 years old. I'm going to say no if I'm the Mariners to that. But I do appreciate that the 618 threw out a trade scenario. I did challenge him on that. Thank you for at least participating with something that is going to give us something to kind of get into. Oh, we got another I one. I appreciate that. We got another trade. We do. Okay. We got another trade. What do we got? Eduardo Rodriguez and Tariq Skubal. Who? Tigers get Alec Burleson, Tommy Edmond, Dakota Hudson, Tyler O'Neill. Boom, easy. That was uh, the following text message. This one's at least more intriguing to me because if I'm the Tigers, while I'm giving up Tark Skubal, who is my best young pitcher at the moment, best big league pitcher. Rodriguez, I think only he's got he's got a player option, so I don't know how that would work in terms of a trade. But Scooble would be interesting, and at least I'm getting Tommy Edmond. What was the rest? Burleson does nothing for me if I'm another team. I gotta have a Burleson somewhere in my organization. Uh, Dak Hudson, no. Tyler O'Neill, no. So basically, so basically, it's Tommy Edmond for Scooble. It's probably a no, but I'll give the six one eight on uh, that intrigue. That intrigues me. I think that would be an intriguing trade. If you swap out Dakota Hudson for one of your at least like your top a top five pitching prospect, so one maybe one of these guys that you just got, then I think that's interesting. Because at least you're 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 enticing me with Tommy Edmond, like to, including Dakota Hudson does nothing for me for, if I'm the Tigers. What? <clears throat> yeah, believe it or not. Wow, you've changed. Sorry. I like it though. Thank you for participating in that. Question number three. Wow, we're just cruising along here. Well, Marsh, we can always carry it over. I mean, you make a really good point. Make a great point. Do you want to? I think we carry it over, Anthony. Let's carry it over. What? Let's party. Let me and let me genuinely say, yeah, because I was I was heated with the six one eight earlier, but I thought we had. I think this is a lot of progress. You guys connected. We connected. Yeah. First of all, I told him I loved them, and I, I do. I don't remember hearing that. I, I did. I said I, lo- I did. At I've the very, never heard that out of your. I head. did at the very end. I said I love you, and I said, "Look, listen, listen to who the six one eight. Oh, you were making eye contact with me. I thought well, you were I, the six one eight isn't here, so I've got to look at somebody. But when you're making eye contact with me and you say, it, "No, I, mean, I do love you," I felt weird yet not uncomfortable. Jamie, I, Jamie Marsh, I love you guys. I love you guys like brothers. You know that. When it comes to the six one eight, I think he needs to hear it more. You know, I think he needs to hear it more. So I feel like there's there's now we've kind of we've crossed. Maybe we haven't crossed the bridge, but we're at least yeah. standing on the opposite side of the bridge now. Mm. You you two were at a crossroad. We were at a crossroad two hours ago, and I said to him, I or said, "Hey, an hour and a half ago, everybody else is not going to humor you. Everybody else is just gonna is just gonna you know yeah treat you like crap. Not mm-hmm. 
I'm going to tell you maybe what you don't want to hear, but what you need to hear. Wow. And what did he do? He stepped up. He did. Gave me multi gave us multiple trades. Multiple trades. I love it. He Today did. is a monumental day. It really is. The 618 went from Cardinals are garbage and so are you guys to giving us trades. He cares. He cares. And I care about him. Oh man. Yeah, Marsh, you feel it too, don't you? Yeah, dusty in here. Thank you, 618. Thank you. Nobody's gonna, nobody else is going to tell you that today. Thank you. <laughs> it's a huge day. Let's go to break. <laughs> I'll go to break when I want to go to break. <laughs> I'll, I'll really show this thing to the rest of the you? show. I'll stay on. It's a fast lane here. And then on play 20 minutes ESPN. of commercials at the end. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh as we continue our sports six-pack, which was completely just derailed by Jamie. Question number three. Those are pretty embarrassing, actually. Uh, From the 314, would you trade Jordan Walker to the Rays for McClanahan? And I don't know if this texter knows what happened. Shane McClanahan just got, he's done. He's got shut down for the rest of the year. Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's tough. Like when he's healthy, Shane McClanahan is a is an ace. If Jordan Walker winds up being one one of those once in a generational talents, and we don't know, okay, we don't know. I'm not saying he is, but if he winds up being one of those once in a generational talents, then no. Sorry. No. I wouldn't trade Gorman right now either. By the way, I wouldn't no. trade Gorman. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Jordan Walker. Everybody else, I'm, I'm considering. <laughs> Everybody else is oh, implied. I wouldn't trade Arnado. Question number four. From the 314, which team that was not in the postseason last year could you see making a run to the World Series? That wasn't in the postseason what? last year. That was not in the postseason last year. The Baltimore Orioles, I could see making a run to the World Series. I feel like they have a lot of karma. A, little ba- a lot of bad yeah. karma coming Coming their way. You know, Marsh, you bring up good points. Yeah. Um, not in the playoffs last year, you said. I don't think the Twins are going to make a deep run. Uh, the Texas Rangers, I could see making a deep run. That's Jamie's that, favorite team ever. Yeah, that's my, no, not ever, but. Okay, so really the Rangers. I'll say the Rangers and the Orioles. Those are the only team. If I, had, if, if I can only pick one, I would pick the Rangers because they have better pitching. They're going to be able to throw Max Scherzer in game one of any playoff series. That's pretty good. And they're going to back him up with John Gray and Jordan Montgomery, guys that can at least hold their own. Uh-huh. But they're 
they're going to be able to go into every series and throw an ace. So I would go with them. Jamie? Yeah, that was my pick, of course. Your favorite team. Question number five. From the 314, if you were able to go on a stadium tour of all the stadiums in one of the four major sports, which sport would it be? Baseball. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. I think hockey hockey and football are way too and, – and basketball, for that matter. You're, you're not – I mean, everything's kind of the same. Well, I think football has some variety. Because you do have some indoor stadiums, you do have some outdoor stadiums. That's true, and and you got some you got some historic like Lambeau Field, historic Soldier, Arrowhead, Soldier awesome. Field. Yeah, Soldier Field. You I've know. been there so many times, and I'm like, eh. yeah. I, I definitely though it's baseball with mm-hmm. the the backdrops of certain stadiums mm-hmm. where they've got the waterfalls, or they've got this, or they got yeah. that, or the brick wall there. Was yeah. in Baltimore, they've got the yeah. Oriole Park, Camden Yards, Camden Yards. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different looking stadiums Fenway like we haven't got into the historical right Wrigley baseball hands down yeah that's and and the teams don't even have to be good like Pittsburgh I hear is at the PNC PNC. Park apparently I've never been but I've heard it's amazing incredible and the Pirates aren't even good so you can go and enjoy the stadium experience without the team being good yeah so baseball yep Question number six. Hey, we did it. Look at us. Got through all six. Yeah, we did. One segment. Yeah. Or two. Two. From the 314, why are you discounting Burleson so much? He was a top 100 prospect and is still a rookie doing pretty well. Yeah, Anthony. What position does he play at an elite level? That is my point with Alec Burleson. Yeah. What position does he play at an elite level? I mean, did you see him stretching the other day at first base? I'm not just looking. I'm not just looking at. I mean, we can't, guys. We can't sit here and bitch about the Cardinals' defense and lack of an overall team, and then say, "What's your problem with Burleson?" I don't have a problem with Burleson, outside of the fact that he's. What position does he play? They've got 90 DHs on this damn team. They need to build a team at some point. If I'm another team, I'm looking at Alec Burleson and I'm saying, do we have in our in our farm system somebody that can match what this kid is doing? I'm sure they can. can do, in other words, can we find a left-hander with some pop that can't play defense? <laughs> I'm not just looking at the offensive numbers. I'm looking at the, yeah, the but even his offensive player. numbers aren't elite. Well, that's because he's not getting the at bats. <laughs> and why you is that? Give him more why at-bats? is that? Because you have 90 DHs. That's correct. I, I'm I'm with you on this one, Anthony. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. And this isn't a shot at the six one six one eight. I don't in, think it in, was him, was in it? Two, yeah, in two of his, in two of, in oh, both yeah. of his trade scenarios, the first, and maybe this is just because I don't know alphabetical order or something, but both of them are like Alec Burleson. If Alec Alec Burleson cannot be my, cannot be the the the, the key in that trade. Well, what if the Tampa Bay Rays like Alec Burleson? Oh, keep him. Hold then, on to him. Don't you dare that give change him up. things. Then he's my cleanup hitter, and he's my DH for life. But yeah. where are you going to play him? Who cares? He's my DH we'll, for we'll life. Ask Tampa, where right. they're going to play him? Yeah, where do you <laughs> where plan you, on playing him? Hypothetically, how would you, how would you uh, have this this player? Yeah, where would you play him? By the way, this was this was my exact um, 
line of thinking when it came to the Cardinals holding on to Harrison Bader mm. as if he was Joe DiMaggio for a while. They did not. They did not want to give up Harrison Bader in a deal for Zach Wheeler. Insane. And Wheeler was a free. He was going to be a free agent. I get it. It was a rental. But that was a year that they actually were competing. And they're like, no, not Harrison Bader. If you don't have another Harrison Bader in your organization, what are you doing? Harrison Bader's a fine player. He's a good player. If I can't find another Alec Burleson in my in my organization, that's a me problem. The Mariners are not going to take, a, not going to give you a pitcher in a deal that is like centered on Alec Burleson. Mm-hmm. So what's my problem with Burleson? Nothing. I think he's a fine player for what he does. I think he's a left-hander with pop who can't play defense. We uh, we got a question from. It's not really a question. It's more of a, a statement. Some could say it's a demand. Ooh, but it's from the six one hate. Okay, uh, this will be our honorable mention for the sports six pack. Yeah. If now, if you could give me a better nickname than the six one hate, sure. I want the Cardinals to win championships. I'm so tired of this mediocrity. Okay. Does we'll he get, get a new nickname? Yes. It's a new start. Wow. I don't know. It's hard to. It's such an iconic name. It's like changing. He's, but he's asking. So he's like changing saying, a sports team. But he's at. He's saying Cities. I'm. I'm willing to change. That's what he's saying, right? So if he's willing to change, we got to be. We got to meet him halfway, guys. Yeah. Can't keep this guy down constantly. Marsh, I still think you should be embarrassed for trading him for a possum. I didn't do that. That wasn't Marsh. More of a. More so of a six group effort. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Marshy. I can't remember who it was now. He says yeah, trio. What does that mean? Trio. The six one trio. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's saying that all three of us traded him. Oh, it was a trio. Yeah, it was yeah. a team effort. Yeah, it was. I, you know I was? actually wasn't here the day you guys. It was traded Brad Thompson. Him. That's yeah. who it was. Was it? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty it, sure. I wasn't here the day you guys traded him for mm. the possum. But yeah, you could get a you can get a new name. Yeah, let's call him... Um, the 6-1 change. The 6-1 change, That yeah. was suggested by another number. That's pretty good. The 6-1 change. 6-1 changed. The 6-1 change. <laughs> this guy goes, what is this, Rocky Four? Totally. <laughs> if you can change, totally. I can change. We how all about, can change. How about World Series or bust? You know? What? No, I don't like that. Okay. Uh, you want something more degrading. Ah, we'll have... Uh, degrading. You know what? Let's, <laughs> let's let the... The other texters. The people decide. Let's let, let's let the, the textures decide. Let's let the people decide. He says trio. That's what my friends call me. That we can't give you. I don't, <laughs> I don't, know, what I don't know what that means. You don't get to pick your own name. That's yeah, the thing. Like, right. In hockey, like, you don't ever get to pick like yeah. unique nickname. Right. Right? Well, in hockey, it's it's always just no, but that ribs means unique. Unique nickname. Bennington E's. Yeah. Like it's always no, something no, like that. I learned that Jamie's yeah. nickname had a was Boom Boom it for was. a while. It yeah. was on the back of your hockey card. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that is true. We're getting what a lot does of that mean? Six one stories great. behind that one, Anthony. The six one great. Nah, I kind of like the six one change. Six, you can't go. You can't go to six one great. It's been yeah. one, two or three texts that have been okay. Like, the Jinx one eight. I know, but that's it. Six one change. Yeah. The six one bait. He's baiting you into saying something. Eh, we'll think about we'll it. figure it out. What's trending is next. Last Miles Michaelis. <laughs> <laughs> he loves our nicknames. He loves us all. What's trending is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the 
Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. to the fast line here on 101 ESPN. We got Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Would you guys ever wear pink pants? I used to own pink, pink pants. Yeah. Okay. Well, why? We, we must have somebody. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, he's wearing the chinos. Wow. They're, they are bright pink. It's more of a salmon color. He's, he's, oh, no. No. Salmon would be toned down a little bit. So for those, I think it's the lighting. So for those that don't <laughs> know, so we're looking, we're looking out... <laughs> We're looking out into our parking lot, and we over we overlook a parking lot. There's a strip yeah. mall right underneath our studios here in Creevecore, and there's a gentleman. Conf, I think he's, I mean, you got to be confident if you're going to wear salmon pants, <laughs> yeah. right? Would you guys? I think. See, I think the only guy in the room that could pull it. Actually, you know what, Marsh? I think you could pull it. I off have. Too. I have all sorts of different colored chino pants and shorts and all that stuff. I think Marsh is the only kid that can. The only guy in the room that could pull it off. I think Jamie I could definitely pull it off. can. Jamie, I think, could do it, but... I'd wear them. I don't know if I'd pull them off, but I maybe, depending on the circumstances. I think you'd pull them off. Yeah. You would definitely pull them off. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean is, like, uh, <clears throat> like own the room, kind of pull it off, mm, you know? Yeah. I'd do it. I don't mind. Okay. <clears throat> We're a lot of bold I think you stuff. could, too. Marsh, for sure. Yeah. I think you can. I definitely could not. So I'd, I'd be like, I look at me. I look like an idiot right now. Since we're, we're talking <laughs> fashion right now, Jamie, I think you might have been here. I don't know if you, you might have been gone this day or just not in the office at the time. But Matthew Rocchio, this was a couple weeks ago, tried telling me that wearing purple and red when it came to fashion was yeah. a thing. That no. it, it goes Pairing together. purple and red. Purple and I can't red. That's yeah. clashing. That's what I said. But yeah. then Someone, he started to describe the color wheel and color theory, and that's so where he lost me. Here's what happened: is someone told Matt Rocchio that, and sold him on that, and they to, they did that so he would wear purple and red together, and then mm-hmm. they could laugh. So, oh, so they did it to laugh in his face? I don't know about his face. That's tough. Purple man. and red is not a combination no. I would put on anyone, male, female. I, I wouldn't no. put it on my dog. Ouch. Which I care dog? about my dog. All of them. Yeah. Do you dress your dog? No. What are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely not. I don't have a dog. I wouldn't dress it, though. I would never dress it. I feel bad for the dog when the dog is being dressed so, by a human being. No way. I don't dress the dogs either. Now, on Halloween, I have put a costume on the dog because it's kind of funny. It's until, different. It's until Halloween. they rip it off. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. You know, my brother up in Canada, he's got a little wee dog there, and it gets cold, really cold up at the lake. And when he lets her out to go to the bathroom, like sometimes she won't go to the bathroom because it's too cold on her paws. Okay. So he gives her, puts little boots Got the little bib I showed you, the little boots yeah. on his dog's feet and the little jacket so she can go pee. Mm. <laughs> I took his man card immediately. Yeah. However, it is Canada, though. It's, you know, there's a purpose to it. 
I think that the dog should be able to bite you if you're trying to dress it up in non-Canada cold situations. Like if you were like you, Jamie, like I'm gonna come here, Fido. I'm gonna dress you. I think the dog should be able to bite you, and you not like you have to just own it. You have to just wear it. You have to just wear it. Yeah. (laughs) Like oh, the dog bit you. That's not good. Yeah. No, try to dress it up. Oh, okay. So the one thing about the dressing up the dogs that I I just never understood, and I know some people love it. They love, especially like the little carrying dogs, the lap dogs, or whatever you want to call those those types of dogs, like that category. How do we know the dogs like it? What if it's one of the most miserable things that yeah, they're experiencing? Exactly. But they obviously can't tell us. And then if they growl or nip, we give, you know, we reprimand them yeah, and say, unfair. no, no bite. And you jam the paw in the sleeve anyways. So I don't, uh, I don't know. I guess if I pulled out an outfit and my dog came running over and was like super excited, I'd be like, okay, he likes wearing this thing. But if I have to grab the dog and hold it or have you hold it and put it on? No. I just don't know. No. I don't like it at all. Hmm. Sorry, Marsh. Go ahead. What's trending today? Oh, I was just going to bring up that the the Cardinals are playing, but they're playing like one of the best teams in baseball, so I don't really know how this stretch of games are going to really go for the team. Can I guess? Yeah. Not well. It's a good way of putting it, for sure. Dude, wasn't it Miles Michaelis? Who who at at Tropicana a year ago almost had like the the no no? Then he gave up the one home run and that was it. I thought he pitched well and then I looked at his ERA at against the Rays in his career. It's, I don't think it's that like was a there. seven. I think that was here at Bush. No, he threw he almost threw a no no. I think against the Pirates last year. The only thing I can remember that happened against the Rays last year was when Drew Homer Hagen gave up a home run. I think in like the ninth inning last year. I'm surprised you remember that specific situation. I think that's where he got his name. That's where the inception of his name came from. I could have sworn the Cardinals went to Tampa last year and Miles Michaelis pitched incredibly well. And then I like I said, I looked at his ERA against the Rays and it's like a seven. What you thought and what actually happened, Anthony. These these are things that are true. Okay. All right. That's okay. fine, Jamie. There's lots of things I hey. think to be true, uh, and then I wake up in the morning and find out that they're not. You know, Jamie, um, I'm just going to take that judgment that you just laid on me, and I'm not even going to react to it because I know That's in my heart judgment. that Miles Michaelis pitched his ass off against the Rays last year. Okay. He did. He went eight innings, allowed three hits, two earned runs, nine Ks. He gave up a home run to G-Man Choi in the, in the fourth inning that wound up being the difference, two to one. There you go. Hmm. Okay. Now we can both believe it. You didn't believe in me there, which is fine. Anthony, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. By the way, Tyler O'Neill scratched. <laughs> I told you, the walk from the car to the stadium ah! is tough. It's my home run call tonight. Well, you get it. We'll give you a redo. You guys let me that one time. Okay. Who'd you guys take? Uh, I've got Storm and Gorman. Marshy, who do you have? I have you Dylan Carlson for no reason. I right? did. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. He's got good numbers against Zach Efron. Yeah, he's great. Left. I think it's Zach Efron, but uh, nonetheless, I'm going. Zach. I'll take. Um, I'll take Nolan Arnado to hit a home run tonight. Alrighty, I'll put that in the books. We did. Do you think, do you think Tyler O'Neill like sneezed? Threw out his back? Blew out a rib? I don't know. Guys, it's not funny. It's it really, really isn't, it's but I mean, funny. 
Isn't this part of the conversation, though, too, with Tyler O'Neill? Is yeah. this not part of the conversation? How do we know he's hurt? He got scratched. What he if he been uh, scratched? Maybe he's ill. Maybe he got hurt feelings again? What do you if, remember when I mean, you think he Jordan Walker was sick one time and we all threw a fit? What if he ate? You threw a fit. I didn't throw. I might have threw a fit. <laughs> you threw a fit. You did. And so did Twitter or X. Whatever. What if. What's his nuts? is calling it these Tyler O'Neill had some bad lettuce or a bad vegetable. Yes, yeah, true. That, is. I mean, that runs right through you. Yeah, it does. You're right. It does. You ever go to... Uh, one thing One thing I will not do anymore. Wear white pants? It was wear white pants. No. <laughs> when, when, I was, when I was doing a lot of traveling a couple of years ago, I, and I was trying to eat healthy, mm. anything that is quick with lettuce, forget it. No. Salad, certainly. Okay, no. But... Like, you get a sandwich, right? Like, man, these sandwiches look good. The pre-packaged sandwiches, on the go, whatever. With lettuce? No way. That's instant death. I will not do that when I travel. Yeah. I would rather get something unhealthy that I know is going to go through me properly than get something that I think is halfway healthy, and but it's, it's got that hurry. damn lettuce. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to eat healthy. No, you're not. You're going to want to die later. And then you look in there and you go, I swear I chewed it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Jamie gets it. Oh, I've been there. He knows. <sighs> Anyways. By the way, the 573 wanted us to know that it's Eflin, not Efron, in, t- in case you two <laughs> were <laughs> confused by any means. Thank you. We know. I by the that. way, <laughs> we I can get to it. this. Jamie would call that, and no offense, but Jamie would call that. Oh, fish on. Fish on. Fish on. We can do this now, or we can do this later. Uh, but we got we got a mic drop from I think I've heard John Fozalock. Do we? We'll do it later. I've heard that line before. We got to get to beat the streak because we the Cardinals yeah, the game's first pitch in ten minutes. So we got beat the streak. Do we have a new beat the streak contestant? Yeah, we'll find one. Okay, we'll find out. All right, Marsh, do you have to run back to the office? To- nope, okay. nope. I just got to open a tab. All right, all right. Marsh is going to open up that tab cola, and uh, we'll get to it. beat the streak. And biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. All right, time to play Beat the Streak ahead of tonight's Cardinals game, which starts in about five minutes or so. They're in Tampa to take on the Rays. It'll be Zach Eflin versus Miles Michaelis. And Chase is back with us after he collected a hit on Friday when we played Beat the Streak. In fact, Marsh, why don't you go ahead and update us on those standings, please? All right, so unfortunate for Jamie. He did not get a hit. That's actually three in a row. Three in a row. Jamie has not received a hit from his players. You have to point that out. Well, I'm just, you know, you don't have to criticize me for stating facts. You know what? You should be suspended. Thank you. For reading off for reading off statistics like, like you just You're did. You're going to love this one. Anthony, you have gone two days in a row without getting a hit. Uh, however, Chase and I both received hits on Friday. And so Chase will actually lead us off because we all stink. Stink. Yeah. 
Chase doesn't stink, though. He's one for one. Nah, yeah. What's up, Chase? What's going on, guys? How we doing? You the man. That's you how we're doing. You had me worried. I thought I got kicked off the show. No. Why? Why did you think that? Before you went to break, you said you got a new contestant, right? Oh, oh yeah. Listen, nah, we were just, Chase, I'm we were just an, talking. Chase, I'm an idiot. Anthony screws up all the time. Yeah, I screw up all the time, man. Uh, Marsh, Marsh is a... Uh, <laughs> Okay, you don't have to you have to kick me when I'm down. I'm already he down. Took, he took advantage of that. Jeez, I'm already down. You know, my man didn't even step over me. He just stepped on me. Uh, no, I don't. I actually, Chase, I don't I don't control all that. Marsh is, Marsh is the genius behind the wheel here. So, anyways, Chase, who would you like? So, I was tempted once Tyler O'Neill got scratched to uh, go with Alex Burleson, but I'm going to stick with my original pick, Mr. Tommy Two-Badge, four for eight off Zach Eflin in his career. We're going to go with Tommy Edmonds. Okay, Chase got Tommy Edmund. He is off the board. Marshy. I got to go with the Cardinal. Left fielder. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't play for the team anymore. Randy Rosarena. Wow, that was a dig big time. Talking about kicking a team when they're down. No kidding. Is it Jamie or I here? Or is it Jamie or me? It would be. Jamie or my. Who knows? Jamie and my. By my, I mean Anthony Stalter. You're up. I'm up. Well, Marsh, you had mentioned to me about uh, I've gone back-to-back without without collecting a hit, correct? Do you want to know which players they are? Yes. Lars Newtbar, yep. Jordan Walker. Yeah, that's the problem. Guys, when I built my 13-game winning streak, I did so on the backs of other teams. Exactly. Specifically the Marlins and Luisa Rice. But nonetheless, Jamie... The fact that I've been going Cardinals has been a major mistake that I would like to rectify tonight. I'm going Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays, a legit hitter playing for a legit team. Give me Franco. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, Does that sound like Jack Flaherty there for a second? A good team. I'm glad I'm playing yeah. for a good team tonight. Anthony, you're just describing the art of beat the streak. Very true. All right. Um, do we know who replaced Tyler O'Neill? Yes, we do. Let me tell you. Uh, your lineup, Newpark, Goldschmidt, Gorman, Arnauto, Contreras, Alec Burleson, oh, yeah. who will probably do great tonight because I've been ripping them all day. Walker, Carlos, Carlson, and Edmund. I really haven't been ripping them. But. All right. Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with Gorman. <laughs> okay. That's all right. That's my guy. Our listener, Chase, he's got Tommy Edmond. Marsh, you got Randy Rosarina. I've got Wander Franco. And Jamie took his one and only best friend, Nolan Gorman. That's beat the streak. Chase, good luck, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow, hopefully. Sounds good. Talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, there you go. Let's beat the streak. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, gentlemen, we got a text earlier from the 314. What do you guys think is motivating Mo? He's not a hungry young GM anymore. Something to ponder. What does he stand to gain versus what does he stand to lose? Found that to be interesting. Oh, I think I think he's got more to lose than he has to, to gain in some respects because if he winds up not fixing this thing in a hurry... And I mean within the next two years, because that's that's the contract, right? If he doesn't fix it in the next two years, and they wind up missing the playoffs for the next two years, you would have wasted prime opportunities with Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, 
guys like Jordan Walker, if he continues to prosper, Nolan Gorman, you would have wasted that because you couldn't figure out the pitching. So in my opinion, I think he's got more to to lose at this point. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's got a World Series ring. Mm-hmm. He's had a team that's made the playoffs you know, umpteen amount of times. Yep. He's had divisions that they've won, all that stuff. He won, he's won two pennants. Yeah, he's won two pennants. So he's got way more to lose here. I've told you before, this is his legacy now. Because of people's memory spans, well, you, you only remember what's happened recently. This will be most legacy for a short period of time mm-hmm. until the people go, well, you know, we really should look at the whole body of work, but we're not going to do that for a while. We're just not. We're going to go, how did his tenure end with the Cardinals? Well, it ended uh, with no pitching. He didn't get this guy signed. They had two or three tumultuous years. Couldn't figure it out. So this is, I think he's got everything to lose yeah. at this point. Not everything. He's got a lot more to lose by not you know, rectifying this, by not right. making the Cardinals competitive again right away next year. Yeah. And it really, a lot of it is on him because we know he doesn't have an open checkbook. He's not Dave Dombrowski. A lot of people are like, Dave Dombrowski, that guy's awesome. Yeah, because he he gets a blank check every year from his owners. Yeah. Or he <clears throat> trades the he trades the farm system until the farm system is completely depleted, so he brings in proven talent. Hey, he's won before. That is one way to do it. But it's not like Mosaloc is dealing with the Phillies ownership group or the Mets ownership group. Dave Dombrowski this year, what did, what did he do? We went on to we went for it. Trey Turner. You need the approval of your ownership group. So he's not going to get a blank check. He's going to have to do it in a manner that is more difficult, in my opinion, than when you get the blank blank check. But that's just kind of the process uh, that that presidents of baseball operations or GMs in St. Louis have to go about it. You're right in the middle. It's like we talked about, right? Yeah. Nah, payroll. We'll get you 11th, maybe 9th. You know, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling frisky, I'll get you to ninth. You're not going to be top five in payroll. A lot of times you're not top ten. Well, he's just going to have to suck it up, Anthony. And I yep. don't mean by opening up the wallet. If the wallet's not an option, if it's not, yes, you have an, a, a plethora of young players and prospects that you can throw out there at people. You also have rostered players that you can move on from. Yeah. So it's it's time to suck it up. It's time to not worry about Randy or Rosarena again. Mm. It's time to go out there and acquire what you need to acquire, but being confident in it, like going after a certain pitcher or two and saying, you know what? Uh, This player might end up being better than what he was here. I don't care. I need that pitcher, and that pitcher might end up being better for us here and make us a better ball club. Good call. I think he's just got to go for it. Got to go get show high. There's no doubt. That'd be nice. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll wrap up the show and we'll also have a uh, mention, I think, right? A mic drop from John Fulsalock. So it's all coming up next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. By the way, Gene won the uh, the tickets today. Marsh didn't want to uh, announce his name, but Jamie and I came together and we said, I think it's only right. So That's Gene ridiculous. won the tickets for the Bud Bash. Mm. 
had the correct answer to the trivia question, which was what year did Gary, Gary Gaetti win his lone World Series? Hey, correct answer is 1987 against the Cardinals, unfortunately. Oh. So, yeah, 1987. So, congratulations to Gene. Marsh, I don't understand why you didn't appreciate that he had the correct answer and he won the tickets, but congratulations nonetheless. It's weird how you were so angry about it. Yeah. Very weird. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Marsh, do we want to hear from John Foselock? Yeah, John uh, Foselock has a, a mic drop regarding a trade that didn't happen. Even mentions one of your favorite players, Anthony, hmm. that uh, that you really enjoyed watching here in St. Louis. Okay. So, you know, I think that it's important to, you know, kind of look back and, and see how we got here. So... You know, obviously we, we've had some bad signings in, in the past, and I, and I think that where it all started was when we had signed Dexter Fowler. So we obviously were targeting Adam Eaton that offseason, and, you know, I uh, forget what team he was on, but they just wanted too much. You know, at that time we had a, a Ledmus Diaz who, who we liked a lot, but uh, we offered him for, for Adam Eaton. And, you know, when you look at the Eaton-Diaz trade and and it not coming to fruition it kind of threw off the balance of just everything we know so you know sure we you know we loved Eaton we loved uh, Diaz and I think when we put those that trade together uh, we thought it was win-win for both for both sides and you know the you know we we look at back at that Eaton Diaz offer and and with that not going through and, and being turned down which is, is, is a surprise honestly in today's age um, and you know it kind of set us back so we made some bad moves from that it was kind of like a butterfly effect so you know I think you know we can learn a lot from from the Eaton Diaz um, offer and I think we should always you know jump on opportunities like that I'm kind of speaking and reflecting to either the White Sox or Nats that he was on and, and I think we should you know be better at life. I like the way you put that. I mean, well said. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, pretty factual. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, they were, they were looking for, for <clears throat> you know, a uh, an outfielder at the time. And Adam Eaton, I mean, he did have a, a big contribution to that Nationals, the 2019 Nationals team. Certainly did, The much. team that, that, beat, that beat your St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Some would call him a backbone. A backbone, mm-hmm. for sure. He was a great player. Yeah. A great. Uh, he was good. He was good. He was very fi- good. He was yeah. fine. He was fine. He was. He, he was Tell good. He was. Series. He's better than Fowler. Oh boy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. John Fozalek always dropping knowledge on us. We yeah. appreciate when he. Uh, yeah. Decides to way, chime in. It's the way he, uh, he puts things. But honestly, it's the way he worded everything today that was perfect. Uh, I, Jamie, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, time for some criticisms and some compliments here on 101 ESPN. Yeah, so we uh, from three one four. We're talking about Turbo from the uh, pillow, the pillow fighting. Uh, Turbo Johnson is a stand up guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marsh, you you wound up talking about a different Turbo. Yeah, but, uh, but Turbo, Turbo Johnson, Johnson was the guy that you brought up. Yeah. I, I've actually never heard of him, but uh, the texter saying he's a stand up guy, so he must be. Yeah. He was also describing the way he fought and uh, him as a human being. From yeah, a moral oh, standpoint. Oh, so he stands up when he's he fights. He's a stand-up fighter. He's solid. Not, he doesn't go down to the ground. He's no. solid. Yeah. Gotcha. Always up for it. Yeah, for sure. Big time. Uh, Kyle from our YouTube page said, best-looking afternoon radio show, hands down. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate that. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We needed that lift, I think. We and did. Uh, you provided it, Kyle. Thank you. Thank and you. without seeing you, we all agree you all 
are also a, a, a good-looking dude. Yeah, fit in perfectly. No doubt. Uh, we were talking about uh, some trades that we were make. Uh, obviously, John Fozalock just brought up the Adam Eaton and uh, Aledmus Diaz trade that did not happen, if yeah. that was actually a Eaton, thing. Eaton Diaz. The, yes. Yeah. Uh, the 636, you can get Tim Anderson for a knockout deal. I mm. found that to be pretty funny. Yep. My shortstop's got to have a better chin than that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't square up like that and then just eat dirt. Did um, did our guy Alex Ferrario say Tim Anderson actually won that fight? Yeah, he, he did. alluded to yeah. something about because he squared up. I, it was a really bad argument. Okay. I love you, Alex Ferrario, but uh, mm. nowhere on this planet or universe did Tim Anderson win that fight. Jose Ramirez was definitely just swinging. Um, yeah. Blindly. <clears throat> yeah. He was bobbing back and forth though. You like, I saw the breakdown on uh, on Twitter, and uh, Anderson missed with like three different pitches. And, All right. Uh, so therefore, uh, when Ramirez came back with the overhand right, yeah. caught him on the button there. You know, guys, sometimes in life, you make a decision, and that decision is removed from you. Mm. You know, you can't. You just. It's taken from you. And sometimes you make a different decision because of that. And it winds up working out really, really well. You're absolutely right, Anthony. I couldn't agree more. I'd like to thank Tyler O'Neill for getting scratched today. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, not what you were thinking. Okay. Because Nolan Arenado just touched seats. Oh, wow. Nice job, Nolan. Congratulations, thank Anthony. You. Thank you. Asterix. Well, Definitely not. Honestly, no. I just wrote. I just put an asterisk right next to no, it. No, you can't. No, that's a that's a legit home run. Yeah, but I called it. First home run. It mm. counts. If Dylan Carlson hits a home run or Nolan Gorman, we're gonna have some issues. We're gonna have some real issues. They won't. We'll be fine. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, from the one nothing Cardinals three one four. Jamie, you might find this funny. We got a text earlier today. Right around that 2.05 time frame, uh, 2.05 to 2.10 from the 314, Brad Thompson is not coming through on YouTube. I found that to be pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. It really was. <laughs> little inside joke. Because BT was on with us yesterday, and we were talking to Brad, mm-hmm. and then silence, because we didn't have the YouTube pod oh, up. No. So today, when we were talking about baseball, they said... BT is not <laughs> coming not through. Coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I found that to be or, yeah, that was humorous. funny for sure. Very. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out all this YouTube nonsense. We're so. working on it. We are. We certainly are. Uh, and we got a text from the six three six. The Texans <laughs> are this year's Bengals. Anthony Stalter. Mm. Hey, last year I said the Jaguars were this year's Bengals, and the Jaguars won the division. Okay. So we can laugh all we want about my prediction that the Houston Texans are going to be better than you th- than you people think. We, we just laugh. That's fine. We got a great text from the 562, and I believe it to be true. Cardinals should trade for Tim Anderson. His swing and miss stuff is exactly what the Cardinals pitching staff. Boy, that's, you know, <laughs> if he was a pitcher, certainly. That's a good text. All right, we'll end it there. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. We've got instant replay coming up from 6 to 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Danny Mack filling in for Jamie Rivers. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie, I'm Anthony Stalter. See you! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.